Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, baby. If Virginia's for lovers, New York's been for dreamers. And for Nick fans, you dreamers, you might be dead. Sean Morris, Tiki Barber here, Evan and Tiki. Evan taking that creepy beard to Florida, enjoying his weekend. Nice little family getaway. And I'm sure he'll make David Stearns very uncomfortable as he stares at him on Sunday. <laughs> gives him his book. It gives him his book, exactly. My Mets Bible, pre-order on yes. Amazon now. Tiki, hello, how are you? I'm good. But if I was a big Knicks fan like Louie on the other side of the glass, I wouldn't be so good. Now, I've been listening to the fan all day today because I wanted to see how people reacted to the blowout, even though it got close at the end, loss of the New York Knicks to the Warriors. I mean, this game at one point, I wasn't paying attention until you guys texted me, oh. and it was twenty to four, or was it twenty six to four? Whatever the heck, twenty the to four was the start. Twenty score, to yeah. four, and you knew it was going downhill from there. And look, we know the reason why the Knicks are struggling right now. They play hard. They do all the things that they're supposed to do. Uh, the guys that are still healthy. The issue is that they're simply not healthy, and it portends doom coming forward for this Knicks team because they're going to keep falling. They're going to get into the play and fall into the play-in tournament, and then their matchup's going to be hell. And it feels like all this goodwill is for naught for for the Knicks season. Now the challenge becomes: Well, who are we blaming? Right. right. And so far, I blamed a lot of Tom Thibodeau. Right. It's Tom. You're wearing these guys out. Uh, you, you put playing them 40 minutes a night. Uh, hell, last night Josh Hart played 47 minutes, and the game was over. Right. For Dude, a lot it was of crazy. It. 47 minutes, the game is over. So we end up having to blame somebody. It usually falls on the coach. We all remember Derrick Rose and all these other instances of guys getting worn out in previous iterations of Tom Thibodeau being a coach. But at some point, I feel like why does that have to be our excuse for every one of our damn teams, Sean? Right. We did this with the Giants in week one. Andrew Thomas is out. Daniel Jones' backside is compromised. He gets the crap beat out of him before he's ultimately put down for the season. Aaron Judge runs into a freaking wall and and out in uh, in, in Los Angeles, and he's out for a month with a jacked-up toe that he's now going to have to manage for the rest of his career. Right? We talked Edwin Diaz with the Mets a year ago. It seems like every single team, save for the guys on the ice, every single team in this town has the injury excuse and I can't put it all on the coach. And I'm tired of it, Tiki. I'm tired of it. I'm a Nets fan. It happened with the Nets. The moment they lost Kyrie and Harden in that series <laughs> with the Bucs. I forgot about that. It's the reason they didn't win an NBA Finals. We lasted four plays with Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned Andrew Thomas, which started the whole ball downhill. And then Saquon got hurt in week two. At some point, too, when you're talking about injuries as a fan, it gets very frustrating when the counter-argument is, you got to overcome it. How mm-hmm. come you can't overcome the injuries? It's just an excuse. It's not an excuse, though. It's the reality. (laughs) And it is now obviously the reality of the New York Knicks. And look, is there blame to go around? I think with Tom Thibodeau, there is from the standpoint of maybe it ain't his fault that Julius Randle got hurt or even OG Ananobi who had an existing injury. 
But it is his fault when he runs the other guys like Dante DiVincenzo, who looks completely out of gas, into the ground. He'll probably run Josh Hart into the ground. Uh, Obviously, Isaiah Hartenstein has gotten hurt, probably because he was playing too many minutes since Mitchell Robinson got hurt. Mm -hmm. And we saw what happened with Jalen Brunson. So, in reality, in a sport, I think above the other sports, by the way, Tiki, quarterback notwithstanding, the NBA, more than any other sport, is about the Jimmys and Joes instead of the X's and O's, that old stupid <laughs> saying. Yeah. And if your Jimmys and Joes are out because of injury, it's going to affect you way more you're not in winning. the NBA. You're, you're not winning. And if you have a head coach that doesn't know how to have a balancing act, you're not winning anything. So, look, in January, we stood there after Christmas. We watched that incredible Nick run topping the charts. The billboard charts was go New York, go New York, go. That is now sputtered out of control. I think that whole January living is now a distant memory and a distant dream. And yes, injuries are the obvious excuse, but when will the injuries freaking end? When can we have something I nice? I almost this feel like I need to start looking at players, individual players. Well, start and, with Alec Burks. He stinks. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, forget Alec Burks. I'm talking about from an injury standpoint. And look, we know what Tom Thibodeau wants to do. He wants to shorten his roster, his rotation. He's going to be eight guys, usually seven, that are going to play. And if you're a player on the New York Knicks, you got to know that, right? And so when you go into your offseason, whatever it is you're doing, and you start training for the upcoming season, which, by the way, should be, I don't say it's year-round because you need some time off, but you know what I mean. You're constantly thinking about the profession that's paying you multiple millions yeah. of dollars. I mean, multiple, yeah. done 20, 30, 40, 50 millions of dollars. You like your cars and in-ground pools? Exactly. So work on guess what? Work out all year. And so, I, to me, and this is all sports, but we're talking specifically about the Knicks right now, you, you have to start preparing yourself for the grind that you know you're going to get. Now, your grind in New York is different than the grind that you're going to get in Miami. Because guess what? Jimmy Butler half-asses it for a lot of the season, and he's able, but he's able to turn it on when it matters. So he prepares that way. LeBron James, who somehow is still doing this at 39 years old, he, I mean, he barely runs on defense anymore, except when it matters. So he knows how to prepare himself. When your coach... Now, maybe this is on Tibbs, but we're, we're, I'm still talking about the players. When your coach is going to demand that you play 35 to 40-plus minutes every single night, you got to start preparing your body to do that. And I, I can't blame Tibbs all the time. I just can't. But isn't that exhausted in preparation all year round? If you have to go that extra step now all year round to prepare yourself— by the way, it's an interesting concept because we always talk about drafting players to fit a system. Yeah. Now you're asking the players to draft their workouts to fit the system they're going to play. At some point, it becomes your responsibility to be healthy, right? And, and it's it's you can blame the coach, you can blame the grind, you can do all these other things, but at some point, it's your responsibility. I remember this as a player because I couldn't stay healthy early in my career. I was hurt all the damn time. And part of it wasn't my fault. The turf helped made me tear my PCL, my right knee. I was out. But then I had hamstring issues. I had shoulder issues, like things just, my knee would swell up. A part of it became on me. And I remember like consciously making the effort, going to find a big strength and conditioning coach, Joe Carini, who passed away, may rest in peace. But he changed my mindset to preparing for seasons. And then all of a sudden I became durable. I never missed games. I became strong as an ox. I got better. I got faster. I got all these things. Jeez, but, it, ultimately, but, but ultimately, it was on me to do it. Right. And so when I look at players now, and I get tired of having to use the excuse of, oh, well, his coach just ran him into the ground. Oh, well, yeah, you know, just got some bad luck. Oh, yeah, you just, you know, you, you, he's he's too he's too strong, Giancarlo Stanton. Like, all, like I get tired of 
having to find an excuse when ultimately it's got to be on the player. He's got to have the pride to prepare himself for the grind that he knows is coming, especially with so much on the line for these teams because these opportunities are short, right? right? The New York Knicks truly had an opportunity this year, and it's slowly just like like inking away, like wet inking away. Oh, you can see it. Because you can see it. Like I, they don't feel viable anymore after almost half of this year season. We're like, dude, this team has a real shot. They don't seem viable anymore. And, and I wonder, are Nick fans aware, like truly at your core aware that this is over? <laughs> like, honestly, I, I hate to rain on the parade. By the way, nothing new in this town because you could look at mid-March OG Ananobi, who, by the way, gets a pass for not doing the whole preparing yourself. He got traded here. Yeah. It was like he spent an offseason wondering. Even if Julius Randle comes back, he's already hinted at surgery anyway. He is not going to be the Julius Randle. I think the idea that late in the season, getting either of these guys back, both of these guys back, and all of a sudden you flip a switch and you're back to being the January Knicks, that idea is completely dead. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just I, I it does believe, not exist. We're I not in reality. Believe, I want to believe it for Loogie and all the net fan, uh, Knicks fans out there, but it's just not going to happen. Julius Randle, whenever he does come back, think of the condition, the lack of conditioning he's going to be in. Right? Think think about uh, OG. Now he's he probably has been able to stay in shape. Actually, both of them with their legs being clear. Yeah, but it was about shooting and contact, right? But they're not doing the things that you need to do: stopping, running up and down the courts, you know, suicides, you like to say, uh, that basketball teams used to do back in the day, right? They're not doing that on a regular basis. They're just trying to get healthy. I heart's the same way. Mitchell Robinson, same way. They're not going to be conditioned to do the things that Tom Thibodeau is going to ask them to do, right? So you're right, Sean. It, it almost feels like you want to just, right, cast a check now and, right, it is. And, and, and get ready for next season. It's too early because there's always a shot. But to me... I just get tired of having to make the excuse. Right? We did it all football season. It we did it all baseball season last year for both teams. We're doing it right now for the Knicks. The Nets are a different category, but we're doing it right now for the Knicks, and it just sucks as a fan. We spent a couple weeks at the end of a month in January actually having these words come out of our mouth. Are the Knicks a championship contender? <laughs> it was the lead on several shows on the fan, including ours. We talked about the, you know, Jalen Brunson, where does his stock go? How high his star is he? And it just feels all for naught now. It's over. It is completely over. Even if they don't make the play-in tournament and they're in a top six, they are not going to beat a Celtic team. They're not going to beat the Bucks. Geez, if Embiid comes back, they're not going to beat the Sixers. You know all the names in the East. That January champion, Evan jokes around about that stadium series being the Rangers-Stanley Cup. January was the Knicks playoff run. It was Lou Gower with the dogs and dudes, and it's over now. Lugie, you know it's all over now. It is not all over. As soon as they get OG Ananobi back, they'll go right back to being the January How do you think they're going to flip a switch? Because they flipped it when he got here. The minute he got here, they went on a great run. They were as good as any team in the NBA in January. Once he went down, everything flipped. He changes his entire team. Julius, I understand, is going to come back late in the year. But that's a big part of it, too. 100%. But when they get Ananobi back, that will calm the waters. Yeah, but think about how that puts OG in a position. Not position, but like the burden of being the savior and it's it, it, and i get it maybe guys want that by the way right they want they want to be the savior they want to be put in a hero position but that's a lot of pressure to yeah, put on og he's playing for contract he's playing for money he's playing in new york city he was brought here the team was great he put the pe- uh, the team on his back so when he gets back here i'm fully confident the knicks will get right back to what they were doing before he uh got hurt i mean come on come on they're what? not gonna go right back lou gower tiki 
You've been on teams mm-hmm. where I'm sure the season was going well, injuries killed. By the way, I know because this happens to the Giants seemingly every year. Right. The idea that when you get guys back, you could flip a switch is such a myth. It doesn't. Course. It doesn't happen. It it's, doesn't. It's, happen. Impo- it's an impossibility, uh, especially because so much in, in sport is continuity. It's a and, dream. Well, it's not even the, the. It's not even the dream. I mean, this is a nightmare right now, but <laughs> it's not even the dream. It's the. It's the familiarity. It's the knowing without thinking that the Knicks just don't have they're not going to have it for another i don't know maybe another month right and by then they're going to be scuffling and scrambling and like the emotional toll that this is taking on this team right you go through a, a losing streak now they're not fully in a losing streak because they they won a game but it feels like it, against the good teams they don't have shots and by the way took everything out of them to beat the pistons including horrible officiating right. at the end and to that point while Josh Hart is playing almost the entire game last night. All that Thibodeau is going to do is run the guys who are healthy into the ground so that whole supporting cast you built up and had dreams of, especially when you added Burks and Bogey. I, to me, it's all washed. Thibodeau is going to try to get this team limping to the finish line. By the time he gets the other guys healthy, everybody else is going to be worn down. The big ragu is a shell of himself. This whole you know chess piece that's gone around, the loss to the Celtics, now the loss to the Warriors, the Knicks are not going to be in the weight class of any legitimate contender this year, and our dreams of championships are done. Yeah, but you you said that about Thibodeau. What other choice does he have? Now, as far as Josh Hart last night, no joke, during the game, I was like, I thought they cloned Josh Hart. I thought there were three Josh Harts. (laughs) I'm like, they haven't taken him out yet. It's crazy. Because he wasn't taken out. He played the entire game. What did he miss, 40 seconds? Yes, I think like (laughs) literally 50 seconds. Which, by the way, he must have had to go to the bathroom or something. I don't know It's commendable, because we always complain as NBA fans about load management and the players. Oh, they don't make them like they used well, he, to. Well, go ahead. So I was going to say, it's commendable that Josh Hart, I'm assuming, probably went to Tibbs and said, hey, play me. Just, I, just I, run me into the ground. I feel like this but is, coaches should protect the players from themselves. So I think like, we're seeing the inverse of the problem in the NBA here with the Knicks. It was like a month ago when everything was feeling good with the New York Knicks. And one of those in-house productions asked Jalen Brunson about his Villanova teammate, Josh Hart, and said, what does Josh Hart bring to this team? And, he, and it was like the quirkiest answer in the world. I think he said, like, conditioning or something like that. And so he can play 47 minutes. Why? Because he's in unbelievable shape. And so that brings me back to my point about sometimes it's got to be on the players. right? Josh Hart, despite playing 47 minutes, I'm not worried about him. I'm not – like, it's known. It's what he's known for. Right. It's what it's what his teammates know him for. A dude could probably run marathons if he wanted to. It's why is, Tommy calls him a dog. Right. He's a dog because he's a, he's conditioned to do it. And I look at everybody else that's been battling injuries, and some of them are unlucky, right? Julius Randles is unlucky. But still, he plays, like, aggressive, and he's always banging into guys. Eventually, something like that was going to happen. But your body's not prepared for it. Josh Hart's body's prepared for it. Like he's the example of what I'm talking about. A player that's so committed to being to being able to grind that when he actually has to do it, it's it, you're not worried about him getting hurt. I feel like every other player on this team, you have to worry about that in some capacity. And so, yeah, is it Tom Thibodeau's fault? Absolutely. 100%. He can't grind guys like this. The NBA has changed. We see the maintenance schedules all around the NBA, and we see why those teams that do do that, espouse that, they get to the postseason. They're strong, just like the Miami Heat a year ago. They're powerful. They upset teams. They're able to go to the finals because they have some reserve left in the tank. But some of it is on Tibbs, but some of this also, this has got to be on some of the players. It really does. 
Is it on the players? And are there any Nick fans out there not waving the championship white flag besides Loogie? We're coming to you live from the Town Fair Tire Studios, powered by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. 877-337-6666. You know what? Why don't we get it going here? Let's go to the big ragu in the limo. Not the big one, the regular ragu. What's up, buddy? What's up, ragu? Ragu? Oh, boy. What a what a What's going track. on in that limo? I almost want to hear if there's something going on in the limo. That's why I'm keeping him on the line. I know. Ah, it's All right. Yeah. Steve on Long Island. Steve, what's up? What's up, Steve? Oh, this is, this, great start. Right. This is our phone system. Great start. Right? This is, or, okay. did, or did it hang up? Our phone system seems to be getting coached by Tom Thibodeau. It's been running to the ground. And we're going to have to uh, check this in a break. I was just going to say, since it's uh, March and baseball starts this season, that looked like the Yankees are opening their lineup there. Strikeout, strikeout. <laughs> oh, Maybe Juan Soto will walk now in front of Stanton. <laughs> at least we know one team in this town has a chance at a championship. <laughs> the next. All right. More on your calls. We'll figure out the phone system. 877-337-6666. Knicks championship dreams dead or not. Knicks players to blame on their injuries, you call us. Evan and Tiki here on the fans. Sean Morash, Tiki Barber, Loogie Rosie with us as well. 877-337-6666. A lot of Knicks to start. By the way, good news, Tiki. Yes. Big CDC report. We no longer have to quarantine with COVID. <laughs> it just came out. I swear I thought I was reading a story from three years ago. What? The CDC is Has officially... anybody been quarantining with COVID lately? I, I guess. The CDC has just released a statement basically saying to treat it like the flu. And now if you have it now, treat it like the flu. And oh, the surprise, surprise. Yeah. So there's a lot. You know, there's that's getting shared in group chats oh, everywhere. Everywhere. How much? But so congrats if you're somebody who uh, celebrates not quarantining. Now the CDC says go for it. All right. Chris is on Long Island. Chris, you're on the fan here with Sean Atiki. What's up? Hey, first time, long time. Oh, awesome, I think man. you guys have been a little uh, rough on the Knicks. You know, they need some time to meld, get the players on the floor playing. I think Thibodeau keeps that winning culture by keeping them out there and playing. You but don't want them to think not, about giving up games. But they're not winning right. to have that culture. I, and look, I'm not oh, trying oh, to be overly it. harsh, I get it. Chris. The problem I, is... I get that they're not winning, but you can't just say, oh, don't worry about it, give up. You don't want that mentality. No, no, you know, no. We got big no. pieces coming back. Look, we're not saying give up. We're just saying that the, right now... the injury compromise situation is bad and yeah. it's hard to see how it gets back to that feeling from a month ago and to well, me you guys know it's all about who gets hot right and and maybe course. with these injuries we can come out we can catch people off guard we can have a, a yeah, nice they're not bite playing. in the playoffs chris they're not playing that's the problem nobody's playing and yeah. yeah, and I and I yes, could they get healthy? Could they get hot? Could they come back and be one of those teams that just kind of figures it out at the at you know at the right time? Sure, but does that seem likely? No. And by the way, I'll do you one better. Not for nothing. The NBA is the least sport where it's about who gets hot. It's usually about who the best fundamental teams are, with the best players are. More again, more so than any other sport. The Heat have been a bit of an outlier, but again, they didn't yeah. win the finals. They've made two of the last three. Uh, or two less, four. I've lost track right. of those years now. But the bottom line is this. I don't think you could fault Tom Thibodeau now for running Josh Hart into the ground, what he did with but I'm Vincenzo. But I'm not worried about, worried about, about them. I'm not worried about Josh Hart because I feel like he's conditioned right. to do it. And he's not a star player anyway. But the problem is, if you were going to build an NBA team through a championship lens, okay, and you have the star players to do so, which I think in January we all thought OG was that third piece to yes. go with Randall and Bruss, oh, and they was. were. he was. He was. I do think there's an element of 
you can't treat every game like it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. You can't. And now it's too far gone and too late that you have to run everybody else into the ground. I don't believe personally, and we could talk about all the share, and look, see what Jimmy Butler did with Miami long after he got rid of two different stints with Tibbs. I just don't think he's a championship coach. And if you have a team next year, by the way, that they should still run back the core, they bring OG back and be a championship core. I just don't think that's the right coach because I don't think it's the right approach to take to the season. It's the the other side of this conversation that we're not having. I'm not blaming today, even though I did a a month ago, not even two weeks ago, blaming Tom Thibodeau for all the injuries. I'm actually saying some of this has to be on the players. And I'm talking all sports. And I came to this realization as I'm sitting in the car this morning thinking, why... Are we as fans and hosts having to make the excuse? Oh, it's up with the Giants. Well, this guy got hurt. This guy got hurt. This guy broke his neck, or whatever. Whatever is going on. What's what's up with the with the Mets? Oh, this guy got hurt. This guy was on IL. This guy did X Y Z. Oh, what's up with the Yankees? A judge was down. Stanton has soft tissue. It's like it's every single sport and every single season and every month. It's a it's a big topic. And and to me, it's like okay. Some of this is coaching. Some of it is just bad luck. But some of it's got to be on the guys, too. right? they got to prepare themselves to be grinded on. It's what they're paid to do. They're not paid to sit and chill and recover. They're paid to play, especially when there's an opportunity. Now, I don't want to, like be that fan that's taken ownership of the of, of the team of the player but geez I mean no I know right be ready for it you know it's coming especially with Tom Thibodeau as your head coach which brings us to the question can a team win with Tom Thibodeau as the head coach because of the grinding that he does we all know the whole Derrick Rose thing we all know uh Jimmy Butler who we talked yeah. about uh, Noah he was the same way like all these guys kind of just said you know, Tibbs, you're killing me, man. Yeah, he had I great teams go in Chicago, else. but they were burnt out every single postseason. Everybody knows the Cowboy, uh, Bulls, and Yankee fan. They're all living in our area. They ask him. They were burnt out. Oh, yeah, Rosie's a Bulls fan. They were burnt out. <laughs> How the hell are you a Bulls fan, Because he's the another way. one of these dopes Jordan that grew up with Jordan. I was a Jordan guy, oh, but Jordan I, st- I stuck with him. Even through Kwame Brown, Ty- Tyson Chandler, I, the tough it, drafts, I stuck with him. Wait, I mean, you're from here? Yes. There's a, lo- a lot of Bulls fans right. in the area. All yeah. right. You, all right. No Knicks, no nothing. Rangers, Jets, Mets. I mean, I'll give him this. Turn your mic off. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> I mean, he's a born loser. So it is what it is. There's a lot of Bulls fans here. But yes, they all know the I deal. I don't think I realize the Bulls fandom. Dude, there's a lot. I, I mean, have... I get it because of the Jordan there. I mean, he was yeah. just he was spectacular. Russell Mathis used to Michael work here. Jordan as well, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't become a Bulls fan. So many did. I just kind of like Michael Jordan. So many did. And, you know, a lot of them stuck with it. But it is annoying. But, yeah, those tips teams, they were good. They were the, the the teams that should have competed with LeBron and the Cavs, and ultimately he ran that he ruined Derrick Rose playing him late in a playoff game like that. I just I just don't think he's a championship head coach. He's got to he's got to do what Coughlin did. He's got to change his ways. Change his ways a little bit. You uh, you know what I know Coughlin with the meeting stuff. He didn't change everything, but he adapted enough to where they won well, Super well, Bowls. Well, you know what him. he know what coach and he's in, he's in, informative here because what Coach Coughlin did was just bring a group of the veterans together. And, and gave them a voice. And so if there was something that needed to be addressed, like, Coach, you're killing us, like, he they he, he listened. It wasn't right. like some random disgruntled player. Coach, I can't go today. Uh, why are you killing us? And he, he would just dismiss them. But now you got, like, a council of these guys all together saying the same I, thing. I wonder if that works less in basketball, though, due to the I uniqueness mean, of how tiny the roster maybe, is. Maybe, but st- I think it's still important, right? The pulse yeah. of the team matters. Right, there are veteran, there are leaders on the team. Jalen Brunson being one of them. But Tiki, you're an athlete. What do athletes want to do? 
players want to play, right? Of course they do. So maybe that leadership council, if the Knicks were to put it together, loves playing for him because they, they, it's almost like sometimes I believe right. while a coach needs to listen to a player, he also needs to protect the player from themselves. And the biggest gripe a lot of people have, including older fans because, you know, it's the back-in-my-day thing, is that NBA players are softer than they used to be and the load management, all of that. Tibbs is coaching basketball the complete opposite of what we hate about it. Yeah. But in reality, what we hate about it is probably what needs to be done because yeah. look at the teams that win. They do that. And I think ultimately, right, the the as the player gets bigger and stronger and faster, this is the core of all these injuries. Players are bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, all this, all these things. But joints and ligaments, they still can't handle the loads. Yeah. And so you're bigger, stronger, faster, f- fantastic. But your joints aren't aren't adjusting, right? And your and your and your your connections aren't as the same. You know, strength. That's the John Carlos John Carlos Stanton thing. He looks amazing. Right, but he's not bodybuilding. He's yeah. got to be an athlete. He's got to move. And the bigger you are, the stronger you are, the faster you are, the less bendy you are, the more likely you are to get hurt. And I think that's what's happened with a lot of players off over a lot of sports. And it's just right now biting the New York Knicks in the ankles. If you want to create a Knicks council, in the you ankles. Act- by the way, I like that. He said I a mean, lot of things there. That, that was a uh, was it? no Dan Campbell was the kneecaps. Yeah, that's right. I was trying to channel Dan Campbell, but I got the wrong body part. If you want to create a, a Knicks council, you could go with the Nova Click. I'm all for that. If you want to create a Knicks right, council. They and then bring in. And then bring in. Uh, no, no, no. We're not bringing in Jay, Jay Wright. Wright. No, no. Jay Wright can stay in the booth. We're not bringing in Jay Wright. He's not coaching just to the consult, NBA. Just to consult a little bit with No, Tim. because that's like bringing in Belichick with Dable. If you bring in a guy that's had more success in his career, not then it's at that the NBA level. No, but in basketball, and you have all of his kids, his players there, I want Jay Wright. Not, I don't want him there as the grand poobah or whatever. No. Just have the Nick council with the Nova Knicks as a click and let Thibodeau change his ways a little bit. But then you got clicky, and then it, and then, then, the, non, then the non-Nova kids. It's like Vanderpump are, Rules. Exactly. Yep. Let's Luke, go Knicks. Took Lugie 32 minutes into the show to get a Vanderpump Rules reference in without Evan here. Ray in Manhattan. Ray, you're on the fan. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, uh, so I just wanted to uh, – I, I got to agree with Tiki on this in regards to the, the, the conditioning that a lot of these players in pretty much every sport are kind of uh, – the way that they're conditioning now, it seems to be, is exactly as you pointed out, is that they're almost, they're almost training to be thoroughbreds. They're going to be the fastest, the strongest. They can jump the furthest. They can do the most with their bodies, but they're not conditioned to be workhorses. So they have this unnatural talent, this incredible ability, but they're not doing what they need to to keep themselves healthy through right. a season. And it's something that's, that's very important because you think about the best players in any sport, the best players, they were always the guys who – we're able to put it all together and keep it together for the longest period right. of time. They're always there, Ray. Right? They're always there. Every game. Right. right? Every opportunity, they're there to take advantage of it. And you know, you, you can count on them. Right? I mean, it's funny. Yeah. David Deal, who was my left tackle, he was played guard as well uh, for the Giants. He, he did a lot. He did a lot of everything. Every game, he'd come up to me and be like, dude, Teak, you can count on me. You can count on me. And it became like his mantra. And it was something that just sticks in your mind. And like... I feel like athletes today can't say that, right? They can't say it all the time. And when you can't say that all the time, you just can't win. Other teams are too good. There's too much, I don't call it parity, but that's the word. Like if you're, if, if both teams are really good, one team gets hurt, that team, the other team's going to, they have yeah. the advantage. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Injuries don't stop being an excuse. They're a reality. Right. For so many of our teams, by the way. Which is, I just keep coming back to this. Think about the last two years 
Edwin Diaz with the Mets, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. I, I know it's not as sexy, but the moment Andrew Thomas and then Saquon got hurt for the Giants this year. Yep. You're right. And right now, by the way, the Rangers could be making that excuse. Philip Heedle got hurt, and that hasn't been an issue for them. Well, it has been, but not to that extent. It just sucks. Can Is there any end in sight? Is there any end? Can we have anything nice in this stupid town? <laughs> Josh and, P- and Poughkeepsie. Josh, what's up? You're on Sean and Tiki. Hey, what's up going on? What's up? I just I, I understand how a, a month and a half ago, you know, we're on this run. Everyone's all happy. Everyone's all, you know, excited for what's going on. Now with the injuries, you know, a couple losing games, and now all of a sudden the, the question is, is Tibbs the coach that can coach this team? Randall's injury was not because of Tibbs. Neither was Ananobis. He already had that bone spur right. before he got here. Now we're looking at saying that he's not the coach that can do it. They got rid of four key players off this team recently. Now we know with how social media is, how look at McCole Hardman throwing the Jets under the bus. We all know if there was a case where any of these players didn't like the style that Tom Thibodeau was running, mm-hmm. they would have ran to social media, said, "Ah, oh, he's the reason why, you know, this X, Y, and Z, and thrown him under the bus. No one said that. No, of course. Not even well, nobody's Russell saying players, players like dislike him. Yeah, but I don't think this is a I hate the coach situation. I think it's a coach doing something that is not good for the players. Right. And the he's players like it. It's like, thank you, coach. Can I have another? Right, right. Let, let, let me keep going. I love, I love it. I want to grind. I want to play. Of course you do, but that's not. It's not conducive to consistency or yeah. long term health, and it's starting to show. That's all we're saying. Yeah, and by the way, and again, I'm not. I'm not anti Tibbs, but what I'm saying is this has happened before. Right. It doesn't make Tibbs a bad coach. It doesn't even make Tibbs not no, a I good think, coach. I think he's a great coach. Right. He just. You, I mean, but he can't be until he wins something. Look. This is, and if you're not a basketball fan, you're a baseball fan in this town. This is very similar to when guys get burnt out in the bullpen. This used to be a problem with Girardi. Uh, even at the end with Joe Torre, Scott Proctor was a kind of reliever like this. How many times do you sit there and scream at your TV in July? Why is he not going to this guy? Why is he not going to that guy? You need to manage for 162 games, just like you need to coach for 82 plus the playoffs. And the reality is... There are different elements. How many times do you hear in a football game if a guy's questionable? Well, if it's the playoffs, you play. We can all agree there are different elements of importance to games. So, yes, was Julius Randle and OG Ananobi's injuries attributed to Tom Thibodeau playing them crazy minutes? No. Mm-hmm. But iHeart's probably was. iHeart's probably was. Hey, by the way, Brunson off the ankle rushing back quick and then the neck. Is there? Is it fair to say that Jalen Brunson got ran into the ground? Dante DiVincenzo? I, look, you could just see when guys are burnt out and things change. So, the point being... If and when you do get OG back and Randall back, is it ever going to look like January? Probably not because everybody else has been spent because he just hasn't threaded the needle on how to properly coach this team because he coached every game like it was of the utmost importance. And by the way, if you're down big early in the fourth quarter or up big, there's no shame in pulling guys out. The idea that he does that math at the end of fourth quarters to tell you when a game's in the barn. Again, (laughs) that's how Derrick Rose got hurt in the playoffs. He could be a really good coach. You even call him a great coach. But is he a championship coach? Right. Because we talked championship in this town with this Nick team, and I just don't think his style of coaching is conducive to a championship type of team. Now, ultimately, the you can't be great until you win a championship. True. So he's not there. But I think what he's doing translates. I think his players love playing for him. I don't he know checks this. every other box. He checks every box. It just He just hasn't won. And the reason he hasn't won, and this is over multiple seasons, it's over multiple teams, 
hell, it's the same thing in, in, in Minnesota. It's, it's, it's always the same thing. Right. It's always the same thing. Now, will it eventually work and break through? I hope the hell so for Nick fans. But I, there's no way I would bet on it. Yeah. There's not a chance I would bet way, on it. You use the word hope. That's all we are with all of our godforsaken teams. <laughs> Just uh, sports fans. We live our entire lives on hope. Yeah. Right? We but, hope yeah, this will and, happen. And, and Lugie, this is my point. That's fine. Except for when we have to make the same excuse for every damn sport. <laughs> it's an injury. Every I, single I know, sport. but... Sometimes, like with Aaron Rodgers, and this is not to throw shade on the Jets, he was older. He was coming off an injury. The older yeah, you get, the more injuries yeah. you get. First of all, Julius Randle got hurt on a total dirty play by Jaime Hoskins, number right. one. OG right. Ananobi had a pre-existing injury. So you could argue you traded for a guy, which I'm all for and I love him, but he had that injury. So I think they'd be rolling right now if they had both those guys. We wouldn't even be talking about this. Now, circumstances, we are talking about it. Just like we wouldn't have been talking about Zach Wilson if Aaron Rodgers didn't go down. Right. So it's about the backup plans. So the point is, is now Thibodeau has to adjust because those guys got hurt. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. now he can't because now with, well, with the guys that are playing, Precious and Josh Hart, they got to play. And Burke stinks, and, yeah. and Bogdanovich hasn't been great either. So, By the way, I'm glad you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. One other quick one I didn't see in the show sheet. Yeah. How about Zach Wilson's mom? You see what she said? No, I missed she it. She admitted she's not for everyone. Oh. Yeah. Well, About time, a little too little too late. Sky's blue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little too little too late. Well, I have more confidence in Zach Wilson than I do Justin Herbert. Oh, God. Oh, God. What? God, did he say that? What? <laughs> Rob in Woodcliffe, in Woodcliffe Lake. What's up, Rob? What's up, Rob? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Pleasure. Just wanted to bring something up on the topic right now. One other thing that's changed about the athletes, other than just being faster and stronger, is yeah. they all seem to be getting a lot leaner. And I think Stanton is kind of the poster boy for that. Right. And, like, our fat in our body is almost like the motor oil of an engine. It acts as our buffer, as our padding, huh. as our cushioning. I'd be way more energetic then. <laughs> that's, why, that's why Sean has so well, much you energy, excess, Rob. But, you know, everyone's getting down to these, like, 5% body fat. Yeah, you know what? You, you, you know, it, Rob, you're, you're right to an extent, right? You see these guys... And again, I said this a week ago or so when when Evan was uh, asking me about how do guys get physically fit. Like you got to be vain, right? You got to want to look great, right? But you can't you can't do it to the point where it becomes counterproductive, and it becomes your obsession. It becomes your obsession, but it becomes counterproductive. And John Carlos Stanton is the one that he pops so clearly to my mind when I think of counterproductive Adonis because he yeah. looks like. Dude, this dude is scary, right? He looks yeah. massive, and when he connects on a a fastball or any, he connects on anything, that thing is going a long way. Right. However, all that torque in his back, you know, strain on his hamstrings, lower body, you know, uh, mechanics with his calves, their muscles begging to be pulled. Exactly. They end well, up just at, quitting on him, and, and so he has all these soft tissue injuries, despite looking like an Adonis. This is like very extreme. But we've all seen it, whether it's late night, you roll over the TVs on, you leave, you know, mm-hmm. ESPN on or whatever. But those bodybuilding competitions, oh, yeah. Yeah. and the guys are all rubbed up with the orange wax and all that stuff. You look at those guys, and you're like, wow, look at that. You know, your pecs, your biceps. All that. None of those guys could play a sport. No, of course not. It's all about right. the image that right. it is to they're, sport. They're not athletes. They're athletes because right. it, it takes a lot of athleticism. And John Carlos Stanton's a guy who tried to lean that To way. do those guys, to, to, to lift that kind of weight. But, like, go race that guy. Of right. course, yeah. You can beat him. I'm yeah. serious. Well, right. I don't know if I could, right. but go, yes. Go play basketball with that guy. Trust me, you'd run circles around him. Pickleball. Like right. <laughs> they look they look great. 
But and this is why the John Carlos Stanton evol- um I don't know, evolution as a pl- as an athlete, like how he looks is so fascinating to me. I am I am so interested to see how he he is this year. Health-wise, yeah. he, he can't hit home runs like he used to. You can see it. You can see it in spring training. Some of these balls that he's lifting, I mean, they're they're gone a year ago. They yeah. they fall at the warning track. There's nothing wrong with being a doubles right. machine, though. So level out your swing and get base hits, right? Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm Even last serious. night, him in the field, he looked like a That's what I mean. Player. <laughs> That's what I mean. I, I you kind of this is what you wanted. Obviously, you want the home runs too. That'll be the irony of everything. The Yankees <laughs> trade for Juan Soto, and this will be the summer of Giancarlo. Right. He's not looking like a massive bodybuilder. <laughs> He's playing right field a hundred games a year. Exactly. Suddenly he'll be well uh, worth the hits, contract. Hits twenty six home runs. Exactly. Steals five bases. Imagine he's stealing bases. Left and right. No, no chance. Anthony in Harlem, not the way he ran last year. Anthony, what's up? What's, what's up, up boys? Good afternoon. What's up, man? I, I know if I've said this to you guys in the past, but Tibbs is kind of like an old school kind of. It reminds me of Tom Coughlin, Pete. Yes. You know, 100%. he did things a certain way for a long time, and you know the way the game is now. He has to evolve, man. Like, the Knicks are, are like, you know, they're they're potentially going to get back OG, Randall, and maybe even Mitchell, Mitch Robinson. Like, you just need to make the tournament. Right. And then load up your roster. I think they need to buy out another big man, too, guys, because I don't know if you guys watched Jericho Sims last night. He can't play real minutes. Yeah. And Hardenstein's hurt. Yeah. Har- Har- He's hurt. I heart so, can maybe play 15, 20 see, minutes. See, he hit on something. Right. What's going to happen the moment Mitchell Robinson gets back? He's going to run him into the crowd. <laughs> I mean, the, he all... probably won't ease him back in. Oh, God. Think about it. Someone I mean, in that front office has got to talk to him and say, yeah. you know, Tom, we can't do this anymore. Do you yeah. want to win or do you want to do it the same way you did it? And I know uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but, but if you, Tom Coughlin yeah, can come right. around on it. Right. right. Anthony, you're 100% right. Uh, and, and it wasn't even like a massive change. It was just a subtle change with Tom Coughlin that helped get those guys all on his side. Because if you talk to any of those guys that played on that 07 and beyond team, yeah. they they love him. Was it's, there a moment you had in 07, not that you regretted retirement because you didn't, where you looked at the Coughlin change and heard from the guys and were like, are you kidding me? Now you changed? No, I mean, for me personally. Because Strahan's admitted that. Right. For me, no, because I was done. I know. <laughs> I, I was, but regardless I was, of you I being done, done or not, but like you couldn't change one year earlier. Um, I mean, I I tried to I tried I try, I, right. I always tried to talk to him I always tried to like be buddy but you know me of course like, I'm, I'll be I'm I've good relationship with anybody and everybody he just hadn't wanted no part of it and so it was like all right whatever it is what it is Teak leave me alone <laughs> Teak you better be early no hey, ping pong hey, something hey, hey Teak uh, you know I can't trust you because if you, if I trust you you take advantage of me literally said that to me and I'm just like come on coach. Come on, come yeah. on! But yeah. yes, but uh, look, am I, I happy? I'm happy. I'm happy for him, though, right? Of course. Because he, it, it allowed him to become, a, you know, a Hall of Fame coach, and the Giants won two championships because of it. And by the way, we're giving this Coughlin example. That's not easy for people to do. It's not easy for people to change. It's not right. But if you think your job's on the line, but and I, your but legacy's I, I on the line. See, a year ago, maybe even two years ago, this is uh, no. It was probably a little over a year ago. Uh, when I was still with BT, I, I was all on Tom. Maybe it was two years ago. Fire Tom. Fire Tom. He's not the right coach. I'm, I am not on that train anymore because I think he's a good coach. There's just a, there's a subtleness. There's a change that needs to happen that is not. And right, until, so he has like 90% of the boxes checked. Right, you, can't, like, you can't fire a guy that is good as him because – then what are you going to go do? Well, that's the other question, right? If you say to fire him, like I'm proclaiming, I don't think he's a championship head coach the way he coaches. Then you hire next guy. 
he may do only half the things yes. Tibbs does as a good coach. Yes. Does that make him a championship coach? I mean. So you have the guy in place. Can he change? Right. And and I think the answer is yes. It's just, it's got to be a little bit of want to. And it's not going to be, oh, we're going to fire you, Tom, or if you don't change. It, it can't be that. It almost needs, he almost needs to come to that conclusion himself. And I, I mean, I don't know how he does that. I would have thought Derrick Rose, you know, tearing his ACL would help him come to that conclusion. We're going on over a decade mm-hmm. since then. Yeah. Kendrick in Suffern. Kendrick, the right Kendrick. What's up, man? Uh, hey, guys. You know, you guys are a prime example of why Tom isn't a great coach. You're missing one of your star players, and Sean's coming in, filling in. No, you know, missing a beat here. And, and I love <laughs> the show because I've been claiming that Tom has been overrated as a coach for years because he is a good coach. Yeah. But sometimes to go from good to great is harder than it looks. And I think great point, Kendrick. Great point. And when you look at him and what he does, you look at no trust in the rotation players. And so when things go bad, those guys aren't ready to step in. Yeah. And as a as a championship mindset, you have to be ready for everything. You can't just assume that everything's going to go perfectly uh, throughout the whole season. And I called a few weeks ago, Tiki, and I said this. The teams that are going to get healthy, the teams that are going to be clicking at the end of the season are the teams in that Eastern Conference that is wide open right. this year. It's so wide uh, open. Boston, Boston's so, pulling, pulling away a little bit. Milwaukee's getting right. But, you're, it, I mean, a month ago it felt like it was anybody's game. Yeah, by the way, Truly. I don't think it's but, as wide open as we thought it was. Not any, I don't think anymore. But, right, but we did. You know, the only thing I'd say to that, and, and Sean, I know you're a Nets fan, is <laughs> nowadays – you have to be ready for an injury in the playoffs. Yeah. It seems like every year one of these teams that's destined to make it to the finals he loses a star. And so you just want to be the team that is ready to seize the moment and capitalize. And, again, when you look at Thibodeau bringing in Taj Gibson when he needs a body, and then you look at Obi Top and R.J. Barrett quickly, who are rotation guys in teams that have either improved or the Pacers are playing at a playoff level, yeah. you start to notice, like, his rotation and his style of coaching doesn't lend itself to trusting more than yeah. five or six it, you know, guys, Kendrick, and that's, that's the problem. That's a, it's a great point, and it almost it's almost happening accidentally this year with Precious Achua, yeah. who you know the game we went to earlier this year, it, whatever that was, maybe a week or so after the trade. It was like, dude, Precious, right. he can't play minutes. I wouldn't <laughs> trust him either. He was, and by the way, versus the Blazers, a team with bad players, he right. looked like the worst player on the floor. Right, but but when you Fast forward a few weeks later, he's actually played okay. Yes, but, but it's by necessity that Tom had to play him, of course. Right, and so all, he's all, a guy that benefited from more minutes. That's what I mean. Yeah. So by accident, he actually became a useful piece. That now, hopefully, when everybody gets healthy, Tom Thibodeau will say, "All right, Precious, go give us seven minutes. Go give us eight minutes, and not you know run these guys into the ground once they get to the postseason." Yeah, and by the way, he's another guy like your rotation shortens even more than it's already shortened in the postseason. Maybe Precious wouldn't even play that many minutes. It's just, it's, I just, I'm so tired of this. <laughs> even the teams I don't root for. Right. I mean, not for nothing. Like, I get it. Jet fans hated me. I mocked him after everything. It does get tiresome living in this it's town. A, it's just, I thought about it today. It was just every team. Yeah. It's every single team. And the Nick one is not as, it's so weird. Because I, I characterized it as like a what if. Like everything's uh-huh. a what if. What if this guy didn't get here? What if the Nick one is not as sexy in many ways because it kind of happened like out of order. And we know the guys are coming back yeah. too, OG yeah. and Randall. But it might be more disheartening because even if you were the hard and fast Jet fan and you wanted to see Aaron Rodgers play out, 
I think a lot of people still believe, were they really going to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Along yeah. the line? Like you just talked about, the right. wide the, open the, nature the, of the East. The path we, wasn't there. We actually the got to see the evidence that the Knicks might have been. They even beat the Nuggets at home. They <laughs> might have been the best team in the East. Dare I say one of the two best teams in the NBA. Right. The fact that we actually got the taste of that. What do we get? Two weeks? Two weeks with OG? No, it was a good, it was a good month. solid month for sure. A month. We, got a, we got a month but, of it. But is that crazy to say, Lugie, that <laughs> their what if, in comparison to some of the ones we had, you never knew what the Mets were going to do when they lost Diaz. It feels like the most disheartening. It's disheartening in the sense that you're right. For a month, they were as good as any team in the NBA. Best record, beating some of the top teams, and then it was taken away from us. The only uh, saving grace that I have, number one, I think they're all coming back this year. Yeah. And number two, they're young. And that's why I keep right. bringing the comparison back to those Giants teams right. and Thibodeau adjusting. So, so that way, in that regard, you're you're absolutely right. This isn't this isn't the Jets. This isn't oh, oh you lose Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that just shortens your window. Yeah, you, you got instead of three years, you got two. Instead of two years, you got one. They have some time, but it's this one. This just feels like the the grossest missed opportunity. Hundred percent. I think they are going to eventually win the chip. I think they've set themselves up mm. to be a really good franchise. Ooh, I he love says it here first. Ton, the Knicks are going to do damage. <laughs> That's right, recorded Tommy. They have a ton that of trains never leave. They have a ton of young players. I will say this though, because I go through this a lot because I don't root for all the big brothers. Now I put my Mets hat on. I've been there as a Mets fan before. Where I go, oh, they'll be back. They'll be back, and they never get back. So you you never know with sports. You just never know. So when you're there and it's taken from you, you know, if that ball doesn't stick to Tyree's helmet, mm. who knows? Yeah. I mean, again, great strength made him stick to the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> 877-337-6666. <laughs> Speaking of David Tyree, there's another pass catcher from the Giants that pondered retirement. We'll continue to take your Nick calls and get into a little combine as well. It's Tiki Barber, me, Sean. It's Evan and Tiki here on The Fan. The Underwear Olympics. Furious in Indianapolis. Oh, God. It's Evan and Tiki. Evan enjoying his time in Florida. It's Sean and Tiki here. All right. So, Tiki, a lot happening out at the Combine. Yeah, you I and I it. have I hate it. Have watched a bunch of it. I hate it. I watched this yesterday, Sean. <sighs> and I don't know if they did this when I was there. Or maybe they did. It's just for the D-lineman. I just wasn't paying any attention to it. But they got two hula hoops and a towel that's rolled up with tape. And they're running around the hula hoop, picking up the towel, going around the other hula hoop, dropping it, going around the third, another, back to the first hula hoop, picking up a towel, running around, dropping it, and running to the end of the line. And I'm like, what in the world does that simulate? That only simulates something if you chug a beer, right. then do a dizzy bat before, right. then do all that and chug a beer to finish. Right. And, and, and the, I don't know if anybody is watching this. The turf is terrible. In Indy, yeah. they, I, I, it, it looks like they all over the place. It, it looked like they overfilled it with the like the pebbles, or they fluffed it too much. Probably every, everything is like every guy. Every guy is slipping, and so, so it's just frustrating to watch it. And I'm look, sitting there, and I know everybody's got their stopwatches, and everybody's got their pe- notepads. I'm like, what are you gaining from this? Like, what is, what are you yeah. learning about X Y Z defensive end because? He slipped or hit this pad perfectly or ran around a hula hoop. It makes zero sense. Turn on the damn tape. That's how you tell if a guy can ball. I, Dude, I agree. And you and I are cut from a similar cloth. Not that I played running back in the NFL by any means. <laughs> Jeez, the only guy I've run to is a Wendy's drive through constantly. But we love the draft. We love football. Yes, and yes. the combine is one of those things where I can't believe I still put it on, but I put it on because I'm just interested in more of the conversation as it's going on, right, hearing right. about the guys. Because I get knee-deep in this stuff. But this has now become a really interesting time, I I think more for Giant fans and even Jet fans, because 
All that keeps coming up now is conversation about quarterback. And I know whether it was the beginning of this week or late last week, we disagreed on what the Giants will likely look to do no at the quarterback, quarterback position. You're in, no, you're in team no quarterback. Yes. I'm in team quarterback for a variety of reasons. Within the last hour, Connor Hughes from <sighs> SNY. Please tell me he was on SNY. my side. He's in Indianapolis, boots on the ground. Tell me he's espousing he, my side. He has said, paraphrasing, the worst-kept secret at the Combine from talking to everybody there mm-hmm. is that the Giants are looking to trade up for him. Oh, God. So, Connor just now on Twitter said, and I quote, that is not what I said. Really? Uh, yep. So, okay. I guess nice. uh, it was aggregated that he had said that. That yes. was the report. So, right. Connor just now pulled the, I never said that. He goes, this is not what I said. Awesome. Now, really? He didn't He's go on. My, I knew he was on my side. Maybe we well, can text Connor or something and get the uh, clarification. Yeah, find out exactly what he yeah. said. Because he had to have said something reference to the quarterback. All right. That bothers me because I was getting giddy. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, see, now I feel calm again. <laughs> I want to separate a couple things. First and foremost. All the quarterbacks coming in this year, they all going to suck? I don't think that, but look, I, I'm an idiot. I thought Josh Rosen was going to be really good. So I was wrong. I no, I, look, it is what it is. You got to admit when you were wrong. Right. I, I, by the way, I could sit there. I, you know, I thought he was going to be good until we talked to him. He came on our realize, national yeah. show, and I'm like, this dude, he talks too much. And you know what's funny? I thought Sam Darnold was going to be good until we talked to him on our <laughs> national show. And I was like, oh, boy, this is a problem. So, and on the flip side, I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to stink until we had him in studio. Yes. And then I was like, wow, I think he's going to be pretty good. So it is funny how when you talk to a person. Right, right. That, that's why, exactly why you have to meet with quarterbacks right. at, the, at the combine. Exactly. Or the pro days or whenever you get a chance. I am in favor of the way Joe Shane keeps speaking and presenting his case because I think he's not revealing his cards one way or another, and we can overexamine what he said. Mm-hmm. But I think if the Giants are looking to trade up for a quarterback, and that is where they're going, all he's doing is playing everything the right way by not looking desperate and saying all the right things about Daniel Jones. 100%. However, the Giants have been meeting with these quarterbacks, <laughs> and it seems very evident. Uh, a couple interesting things I, I took out of this. Number one, I think that we both like Jaden Daniels. We understand he needs to get in an NFL weight room. You yeah. said something yesterday about being very light uh, and yeah. having to get an NFL body. That's something Jaden Daniels has to be. He's the quarterback at well, LSU. He has, to, he has to know that. And yeah. look, they were they were okay last year at LSU. But I mean, some of it with coaching, it's hard to like know where the fault fully lies right. for LSU's I don't know subpar season a year ago. But it wasn't Jaden Daniels. I mean, he was a stud. He did exactly what he needed to do. He was dominant as a runner, as a passer, but he is light in his ass and he needs to he needs some time to grow, which makes him perfect if I was going to draft one of these guys and right. I don't want any of them because I still want to believe in Daniel Jones and I think there's a lot of other things that they need to do. He needs to sit, right? He's the he's the quarterback that get drafted first round, there's somebody there, uh sit for a year, maybe two, and then build yourself into that NFL body. And then go take over and go dominate. And that could be the chief model. If Daniel right. Jones could be Alex Smith and right. that kind of deal, that maybe that is what works out. By the way, Lugie just got my Lugie, you could say it on the air. What did what did Connor say? So inside baseball, I accidentally I meant to text you something, Sean. I actually texted Connor Hughes that. So that's why that information didn't get to you. So oh. a little inside baseball there. But I'm talking to Connor right now. He said he did not say what Dove Kleinman aggregated, that they are, what, what was the exact quote there, Sean? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, the worst kept secret. The in, worst kept the secret combine. is that they're looking they're to. They're looking. It's what he said is that they're willing to trade up. I said exactly they want a quarterback, are uh, willing to right. trade up. I mean, that type of stuff. Not to split hairs or anything. Not to defend Dove Kleinman. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. If, you're will- if the worst kept secret there is that they're willing to trade up, that means they are looking. 
Yeah, if you're willing, that means you given the right opportunity, you're going to. Right? So I don't I guess the difference would be looking would be your calling teams. Yes, willing yes, would yes. be you're yeah. willing to answer the phone if a team wants to trade back with you. Uh, yeah. Is that really too deep to think about that? That's <laughs> a little complicated. But the bottom line is this. If, if everybody there thinks the Giants are willing to. Quarterback is at play. That's what it means. Yeah, it's in play. And by the way, maybe it's more in play because the Giants are liking these guys after talking to them. Uh, so Jaden Daniels, I thought the one interesting thing he said was that he, when he met with the Giants, Joe Shane and Brian Dable basically passed him the clicker and told him to go through stuff and just wanted Jaden Daniels to talk ball with them, which... I thought it was really cool. Right. I, I mean, you know, it's I want to hear I have time with you. I want I want to hear from you. What do you think about It's an interesting thing to think about. Like, what's the evaluation of a quarterback? We all wonder. Like, we don't really know what GMs and head coaches are looking for, but I'll tell you the one thing that you have to know is how to talk ball. Right? You have to know how to oh, they're trying to do this to me defensively. More so they, a quarterback than any other. 100%. Football, I mean, running like running backs, it's just, it's kind of like, all right, I know this guy's going to try to go low on me, then I'm going to try to get my shoulder. All right, this is how I run a route on this player. Offensive lineman, it's the same thing. I got to watch his first step. All that nonsense. But quarterbacks, it's so complex. The one thing that you have to be able to do is know what a defense is trying to do or identify, is this cover two? Is this a shell? Is this cover one? Am I getting dogged? How do I change my protection? Like, it's complicated. And if you can't do that, and this is why I think it's awesome that Brian, da- uh, Brian Dable just handed him a clicker and said, tell me what you see, you know, you'll, you'll find out pretty quickly who's full of it and who actually really knows what's going on. No doubt about it. And by the way, so Lugie's kind of forwarded me some more stuff here from Connor Hughes. This is the way I'm interpreting Connor Hughes' report. Let's hear okay? it. Okay? And, Lugie, tell me if I'm, I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Basically, the idea of being willing is if the first three quarterbacks that we all think are the big quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, who we'll get to in a second, Drake May, who we'll get to in a second, and Jaden Daniels, who we talked about, come off the board one, two, and three, that would be the Bears, Washington, and the Pats. Yes. The Giants would no longer be willing to trade up for a quarterback. It's the idea of... Somebody in the top three doesn't want a quarterback. Doesn't want a quarterback, and therefore, forget them trading... The quarterback starts to fall. Let's say New England decides, you know what, we're more more all in on Russell Wilson or Justin Fields or something like that, Uh, and then that third quarterback starts to fall. The Giants then might look to get to four or five because, again, it will cost you a little less than going up to three. So, like, could the Giants trade with the Chargers at five? Yeah, that's the other thing that we we have to, like, I think bake into this conversation is that free agency happens before the draft. Right. And so – there are a bunch of quarterbacks that are going to be on the move. Russell Wilson, presumably, even though we kind of Sean Payton hasn't said anything. It's uh, official. It's probably he said two weeks. I think yesterday when they're going to make a decision on him. By the way, you know when they said something official? When they stopped playing him the last two weeks <laughs> of the good, year. That's a good point. Unofficially official when they when they said you're going to the bench because we don't want to yeah. guarantee your salary over <laughs> injury. They weren't eliminated by no. the way at the time he said that. right. And so in in. in in all likelihood, Russell Wilson's going to be free. Kirk Cousins is free. There's a bunch of uh, Gardner Minshew is a free agent. Not that he's going to come in and be a starter, but you know what? He probably could come in and be a starter somewhere. He was actually pretty good last sure. year. Almost got them to the playoffs. Right. And so there are there are a few pieces that are going to determine what a lot of these teams are going to do in the draft. And there could be some unknown um, quarterback movement that we're just not aware of right now. Tiki, right. it's funny that you brought that up. You mentioned Harbaugh. You mentioned the Chargers. We're to assume he likes Justin Herbert, right? I that mean, he would not be willing to move on from him? Because as a Giant fan, I would scoop Herbert in a, in a nanosecond. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would just be a reckless speculation yeah. that Jim Harbaugh wants 
J.J. McCarthy, maybe? Right. Because he just won a championship with him oh and would God. be willing to trade <laughs> now I gotta think. Justin Herbert. I mean, that's that's a real out there you, scenario. But, now, well, anything can happen. Sure. It's a new coach. And Jim Harbaugh is one of those guys that's set in his mind. He knows you know what, what he wants. And so, but I don't think that's happening. Harbaugh's gonna take you hook, line, and sinker. It just dawned on me. Because JJ McCarthy's the fourth guy from Michigan, and he shot off the boards. Now, again, take this from somebody who loved Josh Rosen. I watched a ton <laughs> of Michigan games this year. He's not ready. As a as a yeah. gambler, I watched a ton of Michigan games. I didn't view him as a first-round quarterback, let alone the top five. And yeah. it was Harbaugh himself who came out weeks and weeks ago and said he thinks that McCarthy's the best quarterback in the draft. And now it just hit me. His dopey team is picking fifth. Yep. He already has his quarterback. He wants to build the stock of McCarthy, not because he wants him. He wants somebody trading up with them to take McCarthy at five and making the mistake so he can uh, get a boatload of picks. And he's also helping his guy out by moving him up in the draft, bigger payday, so he's doing him a solid That time. would be such a Jim Harbaugh move. It would be such a Jim Harbaugh move. Yeah, I don't trust him. You know, him. J.J. McCarthy's still here. You better get him before uh, the Tennessee Titans draft. They're not. Uh, well, they. I mean, they had Will Levis, but they drafted him in the second round. Hey, Giants, trade with us. Come up a pick. <laughs> I think DeVito might be the answer. That would be... <laughs> hey, listen, I'm still not out on Tommy. That would be the shock of all shocks if that happened with the Chargers. That'd be as sneaky sense. Reckless speculation. It's actually dumb radio to even speculate about it, but that would be the move this offseason. <laughs> well, well, dumb but or you not. Know what? They, but, uh, hold on. The reason it's not is because the Chargers are in position to draft a quarterback. Right. Right? They're not. It's not like they're in. They're, they're picking 12th. They're picking 5th. Or they're in position to take the best player in the draft as everybody goes up and reaches for quarterbacks. Right. You know what I mean? Right. The be- you can make a case the best player in the draft goes four or five, whether it's Marvin Harrison or uh, who am I, from Malik Neighbors. Malik right. Neighbors, yeah. yeah. Dunze. Uh, but, but Harbaugh is a weird and quirky guy. We don't know if he loves Herbert. Herbert is one of those guys that's polarizing. There's a right. lot of people that love him. Right. You and have there's a lot of people he, that don't. He has the excuse of coaching. Yeah. That, that's, that's, the, that's the Justin Herbert out. Is it his coach? He hasn't, he hasn't ever had a... Offensive coach, head coach. He's had some good offensive. Co- uh, maybe he's had some some offensive coordinators. Let's put it that way. Sure, but he hasn't had that guru head coach offensive coordinator to to mold him into the player like Doug Peterson did with uh, uh, down in Jacksonville with with uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. So well, and Harbaugh too has had a couple years now where essentially he could pick whatever job he wanted in the NFL. He could leave Michigan. Teams were interested. He came out this year, granted, after winning a national championship mm-hmm. and feeling like he did his job, and and wanted the Charger job and took the Charger job. You can't tell me that's just because beaches are nearby. It's because <laughs> Justin Herbert is in place as a quarterback, and it is very rare that you get, let's call Herbert, a top eight quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Okay? Very rare that a coach's job opening becomes opening with a quarterback like that. There's, I have more confidence in Zach Wilson than I do Justin Herbert. By the way, Tiki, what you just saw there is I played the role of Sean there, and he played the role of Evan. I threw something out there that you would maybe normally throw out there, and Evan would call you dumb, and now you call me dumb. So I don't appreciate you calling me dumb. <laughs> what do you mean? Why would I throw that because out? Because I'm speculating. Reckless, reckless specul- like, uh, speculation. And dumb radio. And, and dumb radio. Is why? that what you think I'm about? trying to get a damn quarterback here, and I like Herbert, and I think I'm Harbaugh is, moron. Exactly, mm-hmm. is a weirdo that wears you know basically capris or dungaroos. Dungaroos or whatever the hell. Dungaroos. You know, <laughs> what's the pants that you wear? Dungarees? Dungarees. Dungarees. That's a great cookie. Yeah. By the way, it is. Also, nobody's mentioned dungarees since 1989. <laughs> but he wears them. <laughs> like Evan's, Jinkos. Remember Jinko pants? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'm wearing, full disclosure today, first time I'm wearing pants not made by Old Navy. Uh. 
<laughs> in about four years. All right. Are they stretchy? A little stretchy. Mm-hmm. My wife said you need to, uh, you know, up your fashion game a little bit. Uh. So she uh, she got me some new pants to put them on. Tonight. Kiss my belly! Nobody can see them because you're behind a desk. Oh, <laughs> just look. I feel good. And now if my wife's listening, she knows I mentioned that she got me pants. You wanna, yeah, I'll no, show you my I wanna, ass. I want to see the, the sweatshirt. Oh, the sweatshirt. This is a uh, oh, hot those, sweatshirt. Those are nice. Yeah. Sweatshirt Dude, and pants. Dude, you actually churched it up a minute. Yeah, look. Not, not a ton. He it's a ton. how he ended up being a fat he, piece he of ass. Up a minute. He knew he was going to be sitting next to me today. That's of why. Of course. Well, look, Tiki, somebody has to look good on the show. <laughs> uh, all right, so back to the quarterback conversation. I think, based on everything Connor's saying, I am getting my hopes up. I want the Giants to trade up for a quarterback. I really do, Tiki. And you could talk about the belief in Daniel Jones. It still comes back to me that we could pass on this now. If Daniel Jones gets hit and has another neck injury in week three, I don't think Joe Shane is going to be around long enough to make the decision to draft a quarterback. I think that the Giants would have another plummeted season. Uh, I think they'd be bad, and I think that we'd be kicking the tires. And I want this regime, which we just talked about the clicker, to survive. And the best way to survive is find their answer at right. quarterback. Now, no, to you're right about that. Anytime a head coach, coordinator, or, or a, a, a general manager drafts a quarterback, you're generally going to get time. There are times when that doesn't happen, where you draft your guy and then you get fired because you you mismanaged it. Right. And so, but I don't see that being the case with Brian Dable. I don't I don't see them drafting a quarterback and being shown the door. By the way, that would be malpractice also because you don't want to hire a new guy and then saddle him with a guy you just drafted that the new coach wouldn't believe in. That's exactly right, especially if you just drafted him. And right. So drafting a quarterback makes this thing. I w- I've been talking since the season ended that Joe Shane's been lobbying for another year. So not just don't vibe, don't judge us on year three, judge us after year four. You draft a quarterback, you're you're at least a five. Right. right. So there's continuity with the team. And, and and by the way, is that such a bad thing? It's not. Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up, Tiki. If they were to get fired after next year, let's say the Giants they they win five or six games and John Mara gets impatient and fires him. Okay. Whether they drafted a quarterback or not. Wouldn't that almost tell you, if you were a new coach or GM getting fired, that the worst possible thing that could happen to you is have success in year one? Yeah, that's true. Think about it. Because you're almost punishing them by the fact that they came in with no expectations, blew away expectations, make the playoffs, win a playoff game, and it's almost being held against them. Right, because that was was Evan's take last year to start the season, that no matter what the Giants do, unless they win another round, unless they win in the divisional round, the season's a failure. And look, the, the Giants overachieved two seasons ago. We all know it. Right. right. They, they, I don't want to say they got lucky in p- moments, but they played some close games. They played them close to the vest, and they had a bunch of really good players. Some of them are no longer here, like Julian Love, make big-time plays at the end of games to salvage wins. Right? And so it, that's those are 50-50 games, right? right? Well, they, and they could have gone either way. And that happened to them this year, Tiki. Of course They missed a field goal versus the Rams. <laughs> yes. The stupid Bills two plays yes. in that game. And yes. it went on the Jet game. Jets, right. You know, that's eight wins right there they could have had because the ball didn't bounce their way. So they're not that far from where they were in year one. Year two was devastated by injuries. Big theme on the show today. I can't be pulling the plug on them. But in the back of their mind, the best thing that has to buy them time probably is identifying that quarterback. And it is so clear based on everybody they are speaking to. Yeah. Even if they don't take a quarterback, 
They are certainly not as all-in as Joe Shane has told us vocally on Daniel Jones, or they wouldn't be you know, this invested in talking to quarterbacks, which is just smart business. Mm. 877-337-6666. Do you want the Giants to trade up for a quarterback? Let's have fun on the phones. Let's go to Woody in Plattsburgh. Woody, what's the buzz? What up, Woody? Oh, good afternoon, gentlemen. What's happening? Okay. Happy Friday. Uh, yes, happy Friday. Um, Sean, let me start with you. All right. And I'll get to Tiki. I got, a few, I got a few football questions. Go ahead. Okay. Sean, you'll literally never hear me say this again. Okay. But I tip my cap to you for A-Rod Day. Excellent job. <laughs> there it Thank is. you. Excellent. Let me tell you something. Excellent job. I couldn't even get through. I had better luck getting through when Craig left the show than on your A-Rod day. <laughs> Look, so, it's a day that we will then, never forget. Props to you, dude. Like, anytime I hear those A-bomb from A-Rod calls, like, I get mad chills. Right. A-Rod was the man. I, right. I don't care. Ironically, okay. Evan also got mad chills. Right. Right. You got mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Listen. I was loving it when he stomped out of the studio with a little girl. Good times. Right. All right. What else so, uh, Kiki. Let me get to you. I got a few football questions, if Go you ahead. don't mind. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, let me just preface this. Um, I played Division Two at SCSU. My buddy Mark Carlson okay. went and got a chip. He went and got a chip on that second Redskins um, strike year team. Oh, so I got, got like, a little connection. There. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Kind of cool. I mean, granted, he sat by the pool, but who cares? He sat by the pool and Dude, got a chip. It's all good, me? man. It's all good. All right, you right. Do, all you got to do is be a part of it. <laughs> Okay, I got a few just a few little questions for you, Teek. Go ahead. When you were at the combine, what did you whack that two twenty five for on the bench? How many reps? Fifteen. I thought I did it twelve, but uh, Evan told me yesterday I did it fifteen. I mean, I was 15, little. Fifteen. Okay. I was like two hundred right. no, no, pounds I mean, or something, but I mean, fifteen's all right. <laughs> no, no, no. Fifteen's not bad. I mean, I know for linemen when I was going to combines, you had to do the minimum number was thirty. Yes. Yes. So. You, Thirty or better, and I was even though it's it even though six, it's a useless even though it's a useless exercise. <laughs> uh, true enough. True enough. Okay, uh, two more questions. I don't want to get whacked here. Go ahead. Um, okay, Evan's With not here. You'll time... be good. Oh, okay, that's what I'm talking about, Lugie. <laughs> mind your business. Um, so. Um, with time being so important in the NFL, right? Yeah. And you see these coaches, like, make these fumble. You know, they just, like, fumble the time stuff. Right. Why isn't there, like, a split, like a time guy that you pay, like, 80 most, grand a dude, year? most guys have it. Year? Woody, most like, guys have that guy. The question is, how does he get in? Right? How does he get into the, into the conversation? Because sometimes it just gets overwhelmed. What's your last one? Give me one more. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, Jesus. Uh, all right, hold on. Uh, my mind is spinning. Okay, here's another one. Um, okay, so, like, I know everybody in the NFL and me having played football, you want to be a tough guy. Right. But when I see these guys go down on the field and they have these injuries, like, yo, why is the guy limping off the field? Why are we not getting a cart out there? I don't understand that. I find that to be crazy. <laughs> the cart. You love the cart. No guy wants to be yeah. on a cart. I'm telling you right now. It's deceiving, though. TV. No guy wants to be on a cart. It, 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 not, not that a player should care in that instance about a fan, but I'll never forget the game Terrell Thomas in preseason tours ACL, the corner mm-hmm. of the Giants. He walked right off that field holding his gloves. And I remember saying, oh, he's walking off. He's, he's fine. Good. And you found out the next morning he was out for the year. Yes. It's a big fan tease right. when you don't put him on the car. Right. The car, I expect the worst. I I see. I tore my PCL. PCL is different than ACL. It's you not, walked off? It's not terminal. Yes, I limped off. And go to the sideline. 
Ronnie Barnes, he's like, oh, man, what do you think? I'm like, oh, something, my knee, is, it just does not feel right. He's like, let's hope it's not an ACL. We lay, he, we lays me down, does the, the Lockman test. That's the one you always see them pulling, oh, the, pull pulling the knee. And it's there. He's like, oh, that's not that. And he pushes, and it's like, oh, your PCL's gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. What that's does that amazing. mean? I know it's your job, but that's but amazing I that they could tell. Well, they, I mean, it's just a quick diagno- uh, diagnosis. You have to go in and get x-ray or uh, get an MRI to, to confirm it and everything else. But um, that's why they always say, like, it's a knee injury. Um, he's not going to return. You got to evaluate it later. Because they know, but they can't, they don't know for certain. They can't officially they say, can't it. Officially say it. I would say the percentage has to be high that they got it right on of the course. first test. Absolutely. Right? Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Think about the Aaron Rodgers injury. Right right after right. it was They feared kind of, the worst. They feared the worst, but they didn't actually know until they did an MRI on it or an x-ray or an MRI on it. And right after the game, they knew because they took Aaron Rodgers to go get an MRI and Robert Sala knew the season was over, basically. Boy, nothing like reliving good times. <laughs> no, again, we all have all, we have all these injuries in New York. Every fan base. Mike in New Paltz. Mike, what's up? What's up, Mike? Hey, how y'all doing today? We are good. How are you? All right. All right. All right, so if I was the Giants, I wouldn't go get a quarterback, maybe like a free agent, or like like y'all said, Mitchell, David Brissett. I think they need to like David Brissett? stick with the line, or stick with the trenches, maybe. Yeah, in the draft. In the draft. You talk so I, look, the draft I think appreciate you call Mike. I think the draft is gonna be wide receiver O line. If right, I know that the quarterback is a possibility. Yeah. Sean, calm yourself. I know, I'm not gonna flip out. But I I think the draft is wide receiver skill position player. Now, with Darren Waller talking about he's going to retire. I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe the Giants uh, uh, trade Bra- back and get Brock Bowers, who's a stud from Georgia. Um, but I think it's 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 skill position, offensive player, and offensive line. Build that ass first. Build that ass first is right. Now, they're obviously going to address it in free agency. So if they get lucky and get you know a couple of really good, solid players in free agency, offensive line-wise, maybe the draft feels different. But right now, you have to address up front if you're the Giants. You have to. By the way, I prefer the free agency route because this is the argument I can't have with anybody today, and I hope nobody's going to call with this. If you are some kind of fan that you don't draft quarterback because it's nothing without the O-line, I do agree with that to an extent. But don't point to quarterback failures and whiffs in the first round and then not acknowledge how many of these offensive linemen, which might be harder to evaluate right. than quarterbacks that are in the NFL, the way offenses run, they whiffed are whiff. And right. by the way... And it's not just the Giants, by the way. Yeah. It's a lot, a of, lot teams. of teams. And by the way, if it is with the Giants, we saw it with Eric Flowers. We probably have seen it with Evan Neal. It, it doesn't end. By the way, took a third-round pick on Matt Parrott. That was another developmental pick that basically wasted. It doesn't end with the whiffs on the offensive line. Charlie in Middletown. Charlie, you're on the fan. Well, I guess you waited for that guy because... I, I just, watching them for years and years and years, if you don't fix the offense, the first thing Parcells came in that one year before they went, he went out and drafted offensive linemen and rebuilt the offensive line, and then they went on to be successful. Right. Every year the quarterbacks are just getting, is Daniel Jones injury prone? Yeah, but he gets hit 900 times a game and <laughs> right. 900 times a year. Charlie, you're not so wrong, you and I think that's ruined it, Daniel Jones, but but let's admit this. 
you can't act like the Giants have ignored the offensive line in the draft for years. By the way, they hit on Andrew Thomas. They tried with Evan Neal. I like John Michael Schmitz as a second rounder. They spent the top 100 pick on Josh Azudu. At some point, there are other positions on the football team. By the time they finally get the freaking offensive line right, if they keep investing premium picks on the offensive line, you know what's going to happen? The only good part of the team is going to be the offensive line. <laughs> like, uh, like you're going to have to spread is, out the resources at some point here. That's why I want free agency is, to be the online swing. Which quarterback you can say is Andrew Luck in this draft? Which, like, like beyond doubt, you know he's going to be good. Had a had yes. a had a had a solid uh, college career. Has high reputation on everything. Right. No issues at all. None of them. Right. None, none of them. None of them. No. But which which right. which offensive lineman can you assure us is Anthony Munoz in the draft? <laughs> I think I think Joe Alt has the the potential. Right, you that. think? By the way, I think Drake May and Jaden Daniels have the potential. See, I don't. I disagree. And I got one other question for Tiki, which I've been asking, Stephen. I wanted to ask on this. What up, bro? How did you go on the Housewives in New Jersey? What are you doing on that? Because, show? because we're friendly with 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 Joe and Tari and uh, and uh, Melissa. And so I know, they asked us, they, Charlie. They asked us like five years, like six or seven years ago. But, did they really? I mean, yeah, but our, our Brooklyn was too young. We we're like, nah, we're not going to do that. But then we got right, they got yeah. a little bit older. We we're like, all right, let's give it a shot. And then like, yeah, then like I, I three, the, like two I months in, your face. Oh, I watch your face sometimes when Charlie, the are killing each Charlie, other. you know what I was doing? I was just there for the drinks. I was just there for the drinks. I'm going to be I in the corner. <laughs> I got to tell you, two T. Thank you, Charlie. You know, because I talked about this in the newsroom. Lou Gower mentioned Vanderpump rules in the first hour. Oh, God. Real Housewives in New Jersey is one of my guilty pleasures. It was put it this way: my wife's given up on the show. It's I'm kind here. of the only one that you can watch. Yeah, I don't like the other one. The other ones don't make sense. I hate they it. They feel fake. They feel fake. Yeah, I agree. I hated that you and your wife were on the show. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I know you obviously more than your wife. I've okay. met your wife a couple times. I hated that you guys were on the show because it took away the fun of the show for me. <laughs> Because now I'm watching this, and there are times I feel bad for you guys. Now it wasn't escapism? Yeah. <laughs> now it was like, leave my damn friend alone. Then I, what I, the I, hell is wrong with you? And then I forget, because I get sucked in. And by the way, we all have our things, right? You're a sports fan listening to this. There was also a moment at some point in that season where I, I don't remember the argument. Where I'm, I'm sitting there analyzing. I do everyone. I'm like, I think Tracy's wrong there. I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I know Tiki. Tracy can never be wrong there. And I hated it. I don't want, I don't want you know, my fun mixed with that. I don't want you guys on the show. So I'm happy you're not on the show anymore. But my bad. I'm no, sorry. I know. I am. So, this is coming from a wrestling fan. I am so fascinated with reality TV because I could be sucked into it, thinking it is "quote unquote" real. Yeah. But I am so like enamored with how they go about it because it's obviously real to a degree. But they stage things. Well, Alcohol they're, is always they're, present. They're real issues. But it's it's all accelerated. So if we had a WFAN reality show, like yeah. if we recreated Vanderpump or Housewives, so let's say me and Sean are bickering about something, they would just put me and Sean in a room and then say, remember, you guys yes. hate each other right. or whatever. Here, here, here's some vodka. Drink it straight. Um, and then I would be the producer saying, remember he said to you, Loogie, remember he said this about you. So Gassing them up. Go, go get them. Gotcha. And so it, they're it, not it, exactly it, telling you what to say, but they know yes, how to pick it. Yeah. So they're, it is. They're like, they're pushing a, pushing a button. So and it's then, real and stuff. And then, and then, and then, yeah, it's real stuff. It's but it's like, it's like a year of real stuff. Right. So it's it's like he said this in on March. He said this in October. He said this in November. He did this in February. And by the now way, go get him now. And I'm sure they they know through casting the right personalities that are of easy course. to take. The, it's of you course. know it's like like mice to take the bait. Yes. Well, it's also like what we do here. I mean, you get on the yeah. air is for a reason, right. right? I mean, I thought the only thing sometimes real is the Botox, basically the, the, in these the shows. The challenging thing for 
Tracy, because it wasn't really me. I was just kind of eye candy. To her substance. Well done, Tiki. To her substance. She's just too nice. She was. She's just too nice. But you need like one. If you look at every single reality show, right. there's like, you know, one nice person. You have a Snooky, but then you have like a Vinny. You need like right. a normal, and I love Nicole, <laughs> but like you need like the wilder person on the show and a calmer person. Yeah, by the way, she's with Nicole right now. Your wife is with this. Oh, at the, uh, the, at cheer? the cheer competition down in, down in Dallas. I'm leaving this evening. I'll be joining them. They get to do that. I get to hang out with Lou Gower and stare at a 20-inch TV. I would be down for WFAN Survivor. Not Vanderpump, but WFAN Survivor. That would be interesting. Well, you just gave Spike a great idea. Thankfully, he's on his way to Philly. Right. By the way, before we tie up this segment here, because yeah. it has to do with it, with the offensive line situation, this is for both of you out there. Can we read into the fact that there have been off because we've talked about the offensive line for years with the yes. Giants? So got to fix the offensive line. There have been several offensive linemen that have left the Giants and have played better. Feliciano just had a really good year. Flowers, yeah, went to the Super Bowl. Flowers, Flowers got moved. Yeah, to, in fairness, he got moved yeah. to, to guard with in, in Miami. And by the way, Flowers. Everybody mentions that Flowers was really good for like a seven game stretch with either Miami or Washington. I forgot yeah. which team it was. Then wasn't very good. Yeah. By the way, Flowers. Well, no, he, had, he was good with Miami and then signed a contract, I think, with Washington. Yeah, however it worked, and then wasn't very good. So he, he, everybody thinks he got like that much better for the Giants. He really didn't. Yeah. Zyler was always good. He was like Bradbury. He was the wrong guy. That yeah, he just made the Pro Bowl. Feliciano also was a guard with Buffalo that liked playing center, was with Dable and them. Right. Came here. They to played play him center. at center. Now he went Which back he to play. never done. Right. Then went and played guard. Newsflash, he was a better guard. So is that a position? Evan Neal maybe should be in a different position? Well, if they get rid of him, would he that, be good somewhere that's, else? That's not the talk that they want to get rid of him. The talk is they want to move him to guard. Right? He has the pedigree. Right. He just he just has not been productive at right tackle. Right. So you talk, talk about fixing the offensive line. And look, Neal stinks and so far. But maybe if they move him, they may be able to find something here. And maybe they have the offensive line. They just don't have the guys By in the way, right places. Sneaky, when we're talking about injuries, big theme in the show. Tyree Phillips, basically, whatever he tore at the end of the year, he's not going to be ready. And if yeah. he was a free agent, I would have had no problem with Tyree Phillips being a serviceable starting right tackle. Yeah, The team was I'm so much better with him. By the way, the other side of this is offensive line coach. They, they were, I like Bobby Johnson. He's a good guy. They weren't coached well. There were too many, too many instances of guys standing around not not knowing who to block. Forget the execution, not knowing what they were doing. That's unacceptable. All right, it's Evan and Tiki on the fan. Evan off enjoying a little weekend getaway. Hey, it's not a getaway. I want to talk to David Stearns. Yeah, but y'all see now, Tiki, you're going to walk me out. I want to bash Evan here. <laughs> that is not why Evan has gone down to Florida. That's true. That's he has point. family down there. He's doing a weekend getaway seeing family. But in typical Evan fashion. Making an excuse to go see the Mets. Think about this. So he <laughs> says that his sister lives in Florida. He doesn't say his sister lives in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So she comes up at times. He goes down there. He says at least once a year he gets down there with his family to see his sister. Now, Tiki. <laughs> I understand in our business, you don't go away during football season. Mm -hmm. I mean, you travel every week. That's, you know, a bread and butter. It's right. a moneymaker. You have an entire summer with things to do. Yet, Evan manages to pick this time of year. By the way, he already was in Florida two weeks ago. He was in Florida <laughs> That's right. at the end of December. Why do you think he picked this time of year? Because of Mets spring training in Port St. Lucie? He denies it. So, of he course. manages to go this time of year. Now, he's getting a meeting with David Stearns he talked about yesterday on the air. It's just amazing. Evan knows how to play the game, man. 
He knows how to play well, the he's game. He's been doing it for so long. He's just but, like, what but, is it, 17 years? But it's not the radio game. He knows how to play the family game. Oh. Sells his wife and the kids on this is the weekend we uh-huh. need to go to Florida. Now somehow is meeting at Port St. Lucie with the Mets. He knew the Mets were down there. Right. Why do you think he's not going? And he blames the heat. Give me a break. It, it's not 107 degrees out in Jan. And yeah, June. let's let's go see Tia Roberts. Of I don't course. think her last name is Roberts. Oh, let's score married. games and go shad. <laughs> He's just a man child. I think he just wants to try to get away with stuff. Like we were talking about next week, we're going to the Nets game. And Teak, by the way, Teak, this was a big discussion in the Lugauer household last night. Teak, he had to ask his wife if he can go to Tuesday. My wife loved that. She goes, that's so awesome that he did that. I go... Yeah, but he's like the all-time leading rusher for the Giants. He can do whatever the hell he wants. No, so no a, I can't. No, I know, I know. So we had to chuckle about that. He's one I, of us. I think Evan likes the sneakiness of sort of pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, if that makes any sense. It's like that that whimsical little kid, like, yeah. I'm getting away with it. I'm going right. to see baseball. He gets pleasure at a scheme. Right. Ridiculous scheme. Right, yes. But it's just, yeah, it's so perfect. It's just so Evan, so he's going down there. By the way, I am aware... I have heard the messages. I've seen the newsroom. I'm aware I sound nasally today, Tiki. Mm. I am not sick. I live with a two-year-old and a four-year-old. That's called life. Nah. Okay? Nah. I have given you birth. You need some neosinephrine? Right. Yeah, I, whatever. Now I got tea. I've given birth to two Petri dishes. Well, I, I, got I, some, I got something for you. What do you got? In the next break. You okay. won't be nasally when you come back from the next break. Okay. Okay, yeah. I have no cat in the dog race. <laughs> what exactly. Do you what is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Where is that from? Did I say that on this show or a previous show? Okay, yeah, I have no cat in the dog race. You said it on you the call? show. No cat and dog race? No dog in the fight, I think I meant. That's oh, what you oh, meant. Oh, 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 you just got lost in your thoughts. How ridiculous is that? All right. <laughs> how could that ever happen, Sean? But, I mean, <laughs> What's the thing That's in France, I... the Louvre? <laughs> Hanging in the Louvre, I know now. There it is. Uh, we have Connor Hughes' audio. So there, if you heard us at the top of the hour, we were talking about whether the Giants will trade up for a quarterback. And there's an aggregate account that, uh, what's this stupid name, Dove Kleiman? That's the name, <laughs> Dove Kleiman. Dove Kleiman said that Connor Hughes said the Giants wa- are actively trying to or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Connor- worst kept secret at the Combine is Con- that the Giants are trading up for a quarterback. Yeah, and Lou Gower contacted Connor. Connor said, it's not what I said, I said they're willing to. There is audio there that, yeah, he said willing to, but there's a little more to that, which certainly makes it sound like you're reporting the Giants are very much into doing this with And this is Connor. There's this. no denying this is Connor right. with a microphone, SNY flag. So we will evaluate Connor. Now. All right, here, let's hear it. The worst kept secret of the NFL combine might not just be the Giants' desire to select a quarterback in the upcoming NFL draft, but their willingness to trade up to go get a quarterback in this year's draft. Mm. Uh, the problem, though, is just is there going to be one for them to go up there and take? Caleb Williams, uh, there were some rumors and rumblings that the Bears might either trade the number one selection or stick with Justin Fields. It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. He's going number one overall. That leaves Drake May and Jaden Daniels. Well, Washington selecting two, they need a quarterback. New England selecting three, they need a quarterback. If it goes quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in the NFL draft. Will the Giants trade up or select Bo Nix? Would they take Michael Penix considering his injury history? I don't necessarily know. So while the Giants want a quarterback, they seem like they want to find the replacement for Daniel Jones. That player might not be there this year. So what will they do? Pivot. That's exactly what Joe Shane is going to do. And the position will probably pivot to receiver. The player to keep an eye on, Malik Neighbors, the receiver out of LSU. He would give the Giants their first number one receiver, a true number one receiver in quite some time. Hmm. By the way, I'm more in favor of that than O-line if they can't get a quarterback. I think that's right. I think it's going to be wide receiver and then O-line. Because you see so many of these true number one wide receivers now it feels like you need one of those to win obviously the Chiefs being the outlier because they have Patrick Mahomes 
I have no issue. If you suddenly get a real dog number one wide receiver and then you keep in Hyatt and Wandale yeah. developing, then you have some framework well, in there when you do take a quarterback. Here's the here's the other issue with drafting offensive linemen high in the draft. They better play right away. Right. They better and play be, really good right away. Exactly. They better be good and they better play right away. It's different than a quarterback. When you take a quarterback high, you kind of expect some growing pains. Now, every now and then you get a C.J. Stroud like the Houston Texans did who wins Rookie of the Year and he looks like he's a top-10 quarterback already. But quarterbacks, you, you kind of want to give some leeway. Right. If they if they stink for a little bit, it's all right, man. You're a rookie. There's it's a lot going on. There's a lot you got to process. But an offensive lineman, it's almost like you played big-time football because um, I'm assuming most of the linemen are either Notre Dame, you know, Ohio State, right. Georgia, big, big Ten guys, Alabama. Right. Like, they're the guys that played big-time uh, and big-time programs, take the step in the NFL and be great right away. Otherwise, why are you getting drafted in the top 15? And so I think linemen are harder to draft in the top 10 because they, if they bust, it screws everybody. Well, and not like, only that, like like Evan Neal. You know what well, I mean? So I think exactly I think it. a wide receiver is gets a little bit more leeway. And, and their athleticism usually translates, even if it's not – like immediate right away, Justin Jefferson or, or Jamar Chase. They type. may not get the full route tree. Christian Watson that. is the perfect example. Early in his season with the with Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay, he was frustrating. He, he dropped some balls, missed some missed some assignments. Aaron Rodgers got on him. By the end of that season, he was pretty damn good. And so he and it's and it's done nothing but accelerate in the in the subsequent two seasons. So I think that I think that wide receiver is easiest to draft. Because those guys can play right away. Uh, quarterback is next hardest, but wide, uh, linemen are really hard because they better be good right away. And what do we say all the time about Andrew Thomas? He was not good his first year, specifically yes. the first half of the first right. year. And we saw him take off. Now he's one of the best left tackles prof- professional football has to offer. Let me professional football. Mm-hmm. And because Evan Neal struggled in year one, everybody pointed to Andrew Thomas, but he didn't take that step. So if you struggle in year one and take a big swing top 10 in the offensive line, we're more prone to, like, Tiki, we might give you the leeway, but it might be mistake leeway, and yeah. next thing you know, you've wasted two years yes. by doing that with a pick. I'm not down to do another offensive lineman in the top ten. I'm tired of doing that with the resource. Right. I'd rather go free agency. Now, the argument against wide receiver, by the way, if it's not quarterback, I want it to be wide receiver, is this draft specifically, and I, I, I won't bore you with all the names, it feels like you can get true, like, number one wide receiver potential even in round two. So while the sexy names are up there, we know the big three that are up top, is that kind of a misuse of a resource if you can get a similar guy when you have two second round picks? Um, yes and no, because I'm just looking at the big board now, like the all the wide receivers. And you talked about the you, you mentioned them, even though you didn't say their names. Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, and Adunze, yeah, um, Keon Coleman from Florida State. But once you get like in the second round tier, guys, it's guys like Lad McConkey from Georgia, who's I'm just I'm just based on where they're ranked. That last name will be loved by Giant right. fans, but I don't think it's related. But it's still like, it, I, do I like him as a college player? Yeah, is he going to translate and become Cooper Cup? I'm just just a white guy to white guy comparison. I shouldn't do that. Look but I'm at just, you, I'm just saying it. But is he going to translate into that guy? I don't know. Right, Xavier Worthy from Texas. I don't think so. And so you're right. Those top three wide receivers probably are the top three players right. in the draft. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because of the best athletes, Marvin Harrison is probably the he's got the pedigree, meaning genetics. He's got the 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 college pedigree as well, playing at Ohio State in big time football, and he's a super athlete. 
got all the intangibles that you would want. So to me, if you're going to take a wide receiver, yeah, you could sit and take one in the second or third round and get one of these steals potentially. But give me the guy that, especially because it's an area of need that the Giants have desired for so long. Right. I mean, well, it's been forever. And, and What's the last big, Beckham. great wide receiver? Beckham. Big, big. Beckham's not big. I'm talking All about right. go win 50-50 balls. Go run down the field. Well, that they drafted? Or just had. Plaxico. Plax. Right. So think uh, about that. Hakeem Nix. Oh, and yeah, Hakeem yeah. Nix is right. Hakeem and Nix. they did draft him in the first round. Right. So, Hakeem Nix. Think about it. That's the last time. It's been a while. You're right. And And by the way... Again, I, I don't want everybody screaming in their car if you're pro quarterback. What the Giants can't do, you have, there's a threading of the needle here. It's not being scared. If you don't believe in said quarterback, if the top two or three are off the board, you don't force something because that's a quicker way to get you fired right. if you don't believe in the guy. But if you're kicking a can down the road and hoping that whatever, maybe next year Quinn Ewers blows up and you trade up, something like that, if you can have everything in place, and then take off like the Steelers did year one with Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. because the team was built the right way. If the Giants do that at wide receiver, to me, if it's not quarterback, they can't afford to have a top six pick and it not be used, in my opinion, on the best player. And the best player probably a wide receiver. would be a wide receiver based on all of that. Now, the other thing besides wide receiver, you mentioned this very briefly, is Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia, <laughs> who's like, an old, tight. the idea of a tight end scares me to death. Right. But... He's a legit player. Part of the reason I was down on that is you just traded for Darren Waller. If you did not hear this, it was reported Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post. Darren Waller, I guess, had told the Giants he was considering retirement. Mm. And he has had a second change of thought. And that's why he is not going to be a cap casualty. He's not going to be cut. But it feels like he has one foot out the door to retirement. Now, Tiki, I ask you, as somebody who had made up their mind to retire, can you truly be all in if you were that close to retirement? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so that's not a work. Now it's well, it was different for me because I was here. Like it was this was my my forever team. It wasn't like I was coming in somewhere else. I had to prove it. I knew what it took. I knew that I knew the organization. I knew the staff. But I mean, I almost retired after 05. I think I've told you this story. Maybe I haven't, at least not on this show. In 05, that was the year of our owners, both Wellington and Bob Tish. They both were sick. We knew that they would likely pass away that season. And, it, and Tom Coughlin said it from the very first meeting in training camp. We are the team of record for Wellington Mara and Bob Tish. Now, this is unusual, but I was very close with both of them, right? Wellington was obviously right. Wellington, and Bob Tish lived in the at the Regency in Manhattan on Park Avenue. I lived on Seventy Second Street. She was close. Like we, he would pick me up and we go hang. Like we go do stuff. Here's a seventy something year old man. I'm a twenty five year old, twenty six year old kid from Virginia, and we just had this amazing bond. And so 20, 2005 was my best year, 1,800-and-something yards rushing and 500-something yards receiving um, for a reason because I took that seriously. And when they both passed away and then we lose in the playoffs, remember we went to the, we had the playoffs, the home game, yeah, wild card against Carolina. Like I, I don't want to say I was depressed, but it was one of the worst moments of my career. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I almost retired that off. Like, okay, like, so it just wasn't like, like that. your thought in the season. It was no. right after the season. And so the next year, I said, I'll give it one more season. And so I played one more year in 06. And I had a pretty good year in 06. Went to the playoffs, and even though we were only 8-8, eight and eight, uh, we went to the playoffs and ended up ended my career against the Eagles. But you can have great seasons, but it's got to it's gotta like mean something. And, and the challenge with Darren Waller is I don't know what it means for him 
yeah. to give it to the Giants. Well, that's right? what I, that's what I was going to say because he's not a lifetime John. This is his third team. Now mm-hmm. this was his father's team, so maybe there is some importance right. there. However, I, look, I don't want to do a one plus one equals two. He very clearly got involved in this offseason with his rap career, which right. good for him. Like whether you think I mean, it's look, good rap, York, bad rap, and you're in New York, take, take advantage. Take advantage. I did it. That's why I'm sitting here. My worry is he didn't get his positive reaction to the rap career as he wanted. And he wants <laughs> to spend another year building up his reputation here in New York. Like, is he just using the job? Now, by the way, you could use a team and they could use you back if you end Wait, up being awesome. Then dude, it's good if, for he, the team. if he's great, then who cares? I, I agree. If he's I Darren just, Waller that's healthy that we saw three seasons ago that was one of the best tight ends in football and you could use him wherever you wanted, line up at X, line up at tight end. But that's at, what it's got to be. If it's not that. But if, he's, if he comes and maybe he's not pushing. You worry about his motivation, right? right? Maybe he's not pushing through injuries or anything. I just worry about his motive. If he's just here, basically, let me keep making the money, paying for my studio time. It, that just worries me a little bit. Yeah, motivation, focus. Now, look, if they draft a number one wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt takes that next step, and Waller's more of your third or fourth option, Saquon's back, that's fine. But if he's, like, their number one option and his focus and motivation is not there, right. they're going to have another bad offense. So you're bringing this up as a potential drafting of Brock Bowers. Well, I would just say this. I'm not pounding the table for Brock Bowers at six. There's a, clearly a million different ways the Giants could go. I now no longer am fully anti the idea of a tight end of that caliber, knowing that I've basically been told by right. Darren Waller, this probably is it. Yeah, here's the here's the thing, though. I'm not gonna, no offense to Jet fans, I'm not going to be a Jet fan that closed my eyes and pretends that Aaron Rodgers wasn't half retired, and I think I'm going right. to have four more years of him. Right, but here's, here's the thing. Brock Bowers is probably Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. He's probably that guy. But, okay. But what were the beauty of Travis Kelsey, George Kittle? They weren't first-round picks and the value you got. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? Now, again, the, the caliber right. player represents but, a first-round player. But doesn't the the creation of the, of that prototype, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, right. and some of the others that came before them, but those are the ones that are Gronk, current, right, yeah, right. Gronk et cetera, doesn't the prototype, the creation of that prototype, make him now a first-round option right okay. because if he is look i know you've seen him play in, in college because you we did national shows yeah so we've seen college a lot of college of football he's unbelievable he's the best player okay. on that team yes Tiki, but here's what worries me i've we've talked about the evolution of tight ends forever <laughs> we had that draft a few years ago by the way the giants dipped their toes drifted evan ingram i thought oj howard was going to be that coming out of <laughs> alabama and my fear about the giants at six is you can't miss by the way evan ingram is that in jacksonville i'm just saying okay fine i'm just saying I'm but that saying. was the Najoku, Evan Engram, OJ <laughs> Howard ended up not becoming. Yeah. You know, it's. He went to the wrong. Put place. it this way. You, if you whiff on quarter, and no matter what, what we've learned is if you whiff on your first round pick, there's a really good chance it sets your organization back in some way, shape, or form. If you already have a really good quarterback in place, an awesome elite quarterback, you know, it absolves some of the whiffing on on, right. on the first round pick. Think about Green Bay. I mean, they whiffed on their first round pick. Right. They, I mean, even though he's turning out to be good now, but for the all intents and purposes, for three seasons, he didn't do anything. Right. Like the idea of Flowers, Eli Apple, even Evan Ingram, like all those picks have hurt the Giants. I live with, if you whiff on a quarterback, you took your shot. If you whiff and spent that pick on a tight end, <laughs> that to me is like, whew. Right. That's why he's got to be outside the top 10. That's, yeah. That's why he's got to be like 15. I think right. that's where he's projected. Right. And then you feel better about taking him. Right. All right. Joe in Chatham, New Jersey. Joe, what's up? What's up, Joe? Uh it was a great breakdown today, as always, guys. I have to say, the prior thing you were saying, I hate to take Evan's side on anything, but, you know, most of us set up our, uh, our work tri- trips, and then we slip off and do all kinds of family and personal things. But <laughs> here, 
value to, to, the, to WFAN readers by, like, uh, listeners by, like, telling us what a great brother he is and how much he loves his sister. He will deliver value if he actually delivers on the Well, I mean, if he, if, he makes, if he makes the man from Milwaukee, I implored him not to call uh, David Stearns that to his face. You can't. You just cannot because he'll get it. He'll know what you're talking about, and it won't go across well. But if he is to deliver David Stearns as a quote-unquote friend to WFAN, a friend to Evan and Tiki, then the trip is worth it. It oh, is absolutely worth it. I agree. And 100%. By the, and by the way, he should be doing that and all of that, but it's just the ir- ironic part of it is David Stearns is about to spend, what, five, six months here in Queens, uh, short, you know, what, 10 miles from our studio. Mm-hmm. Evan goes to 800 Met games a year. <laughs> Evan could absolutely call the Mets and say, "Hey, I really like to get to know David. Let me sit down with him in his office <laughs> before you know right. before a show." Maybe I don't. I don't go home after work, anyways. Right. I, I usually go to games. So how about I just come hang out? For come a hang out. You know what? Yankees are playing a day game. We're not on the air. Let me come by. Whatever. Evan has all summer to do that. Yep. <laughs> Evan wants to go. He's like me outside of TGI Fridays when the sizzling fajitas come by. <laughs> he wants to be in Florida around where that's only where baseball's happening is Florida, Arizona. He wants the sights, the smells. And he hid it behind telling his sister, this looks like a good weekend to come down. Mm-hmm. Tells his wife and kids, yep. this is a good weekend to go down to Florida. It's all a scam. Evan is always <laughs> playing chess. He's not playing checkers. My Mets Bible, April 2nd. You can pre-order now on Amazon. Right. Evan scores everything. Tiki brought this up to me that I didn't even realize, and I've known Evan forever. Evan writes everything down. He's not only scoring Met games, he's scoring our lives. He He writes everything down. He's always planning, big picture, scheming how he can be whimsical. Whip out the jumbo package. Well, he's give him preparation because he's always prepared. And by the way, when you're prepared, that means opportunities come easier. Uh huh. And by the way, a little inside Evan here because Tommy's known him way longer. I've known Evan from working in the building for 13 years and, like, filled in on stuff, but not to the extent of day-to-day. And, Tiki, you've gotten inside Evan's brain a little bit, and I think you we've learned from Tommy more than anything. Little things, little subtleties, like the idea of going to a game with Evan. If it's something where it's not one of his teams, like we've had certain stuff come up, it's always about when his teams are playing and who they're playing. Like, there's some stuff we're working on behind the scenes. Evan came back to us for, like, two dates. Why? Because it didn't interfere with a net game <laughs> or a net game. Yep. Where the rest of right. us would be worried about, do I have a wedding to go to or something right. like that? Or you guys want to come to a Nick game. It's a net Nick game. Right. Of right. course. Like, what are we talking about? By the way, bless his heart, there is no better scheme artist on planet Earth right. than Evan Roberts. No doubt. All right. Ira in the Bronx. Ira, what's going on? What's up, Ira? How you doing? We're good. Uh, I just want to let you know, since we're on this topic, Evan's going to spray paint his beard, <laughs> and who's going to see it? We're all going to, I mean, we're going to see it. So that he doesn't care about that. Right. Well, I mean, you have SNY up there, Ira, in the Bronx? Yes, but that's only two hours that somebody on TV is going to see him. <laughs> he doesn't have to go out in the street with it. No, he goes to games. He's gonna. He's he. He's not. He's not changing it. He's gonna wash it off when he gets home, including Tuesday night. Our hungerthon winner. Is, right. He's gonna see that. And also, Ira. Ira, you're missing kind of the. the he's gonna go part to this. He's gonna go to all of his regular stuff. Yeah. He's got a book coming out. Right. That's exactly it. Ira. Ira. I think that you're missing something too. This was in addition to what we're getting out. The big part of Evan getting out of the beard is he's going to have to do quite a few days at the end of the month, including attend to opening day and a couple book tour stops. 
with half of his face completely shaven. <laughs> I am a clown. Like, do you realize that? Do you know how ridiculous I, he's going to look? I understand that, but would he let you out of that bet if you lost? Well, Ira, yeah. I wouldn't make that. Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't make dumb bets. Well, not, I wouldn't proclaim because Pete Alonzo is sitting at a Rangers game that he's going to sign and be here forever. Now, the original bet was his hair. Right. And that was just in protest. Protest against the Mets for not extending his and a lot of other Met fans' favorite player, Pete Alonzo. Hi, SNY. Uh, uh, and so he started with his hair. It got a little convoluted because he said, Pete's going to sign tomorrow or next week, just like Jeff McNeil right. did because he was at a Rangers game. And that's where the beard came in. So I'm less tied to the beard even though I actually kind of like the beard. Well, and that's it, Tiki. Not only do I like the beard, there seems to be, and I understand that's our own fault because there's been a million layers to this, this thought going around that you, I, and Tommy are letting Evan out of a bet. No, we're not. The beard bet was when you, I, and... T- you, I, and Tommy? No, no, not at all. Tommy, right. you, and I. Yes. yes. When Tommy, you, and I... <laughs> I'm a fat moron. ...decided we would find a way to get him out of the beard. Like, that is the bet. So we have found that way. Yes. So he's not getting out of it. Right. It's the pale. And I think he might actually like it and keep it. Yeah, my only thing, my biggest thing, I like this. I like the the painting and the shaving half of it. My only thing, and if you missed it, he's trimming. And I accused him of it. He's he trimming his that. lips, dude. I know, but come that on, wasn't we got, part we, of that. Okay, come on. We got to be... He has a wife. And they <laughs> yeah. sleep in the same room, even though... I think his kids still sleep in his bed. They he, sleep head to toe. He might, right. as well, he might as well have a Either way, apartment. he kisses his wife. The last thing a wife wants is like scraggly, like all over Hold her on a lips. Second. Like kissing a walrus. Oh, the honey is so sexy. How many? It's exactly. How many strippers so does James Harden gotta... kiss with that beard? Don't give me a break. You James Harden trims like... around the lips. Yes. No. If you have a beard, yeah. you have to trim around the lips. Definitely. You but have we, to. We said no trimming around the lips. Right, he broke stop, that and stop. lied. Rosie. Do you trim around the lips? I do. And as the only one with a real beard right. here. You have a proper beard. Proper beard. Luke, he has that whatever crap he's got. A little 5 o'clock shadow. 5 o'clock shadow. Sean's got the, like, the whatever goatee-ish. Salt, pepper. Right. Whatever my uh, wife wants. What is that called? Chin strap? Whatever. Whatever you got. Go I Lincoln. Lincoln. You, you got the proper beard. Yes. You shave around the lips. Yeah. You have well, to. Well, I'll trim around the lips. Yeah. Trim, that's what I yes. mean. You yeah. trim around the lips. Absolutely. Trimming around the lips is the necessary if you have a beard. Rosie loves trimming around the lips. Dino in South Plainfield. Dino, what's up? What's up, Dino? Hey, what's up, guys? How We're you good. Doing? We're good. Uh, so, as someone that has a beard for twenty years, I do trim around the lips. So I, I thank you. That, but... Thank you, <laughs> guys. Forget about painting, man. Forget about painting. He has to shave half the head and on the opposite side half the beard. Oh, now that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then paint it blue for opening day for the Met game. Oh, the God. both side blue. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, that's really extreme. Think, I almost wonder if that becomes too distracting. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that. wow. <laughs> I mean, that's very distracting. By the way, I don't, did we sit on this? Wait, I, we, we can't shave the head. I know. Because you can't ask a guy to go well, half no, bald. No, that. But we also, the head is still tied to Pete. Right. The head can't the be head touched. The head can't be touched. The head is Pete. The beard is like the addendum bet. Right. The beard is what we're tinkering with here. Yes. And by the way, I think when he goes to half, I think we should stop coloring at that point, too. I agree. Yeah. 
Just ha- half red, the normal color. Because that becomes a strut thing. I want to see the normal, what a beard looks like on half of it. Yeah, I suggested, because I know the head thing, Mrs. Roberts, I don't think would be pleased with that. I suggested waxing half his body. Yes. The whole deal, the Brazilian, the whole thing. <laughs> that way we could get the pound of flesh. We could do a digital thing, and it'd be funny. And that way people that are like, oh, you're letting him out of it. I think once they see that and the pain and suffering right. that everyone goes through, they'll be happy. Yeah, because he's yeah. hairy. That will be painful. Very hairy. Right. Hairy like an animal. Sonny and Malvern. Sonny, what's up? What up, Sonny? Hey, guys. I tuned in today because Evan is off, and all you guys are talking about the last 20 minutes is Evan Roberts. (laughs) He has a way of doing that. We love our partner. I know. I know, but give it a break today, guys. Please, please. (laughs) That scorekeeping dweeb. No, Evan, I like Evan. Um, Anyway, guys, let's talk back about the Giants. Listen, Tiki, you know me. I'm a big-time Giants fan. Big-time fan of yours, of course, obviously. I read up a lot on the Giants, and I find it very hard to believe that the Giants are going to move up for a quarterback. And, and for number one reason is that they're not going to give up draft picks to move up, number one. Number two, Why? they have so many holes to fill. Yep. Number number three, I think Daniel – and Tiki will agree with me on this because I know you're yep. kind of a Daniel Jones fan. I think Daniel Jones, with all said and done, they have a good offensive line. They get a wide receiver, which I think they desperately need. Um, I think Daniel Jones could have a very good year. And going forward, you say, okay, what about two years from now or next year? Guess what? Every year is different. They can get a quarterback in the uh, in, uh, in free agency. Right. Sonny, quarter- Sonny hold on. So different. Right. Sonny, now Tiki's going to be definitely more pro you, but I just want to run a couple things by you. At this time last year, when looking ahead to next year's draft, like if you were playing the game of the combine, you were doing this, everybody thought Caleb Williams and Drake May 12 months ago would be the top quarterbacks here. Yeah. That did not change. Now, Jaden Daniels definitely made a big jump. That did not change. You mentioned building up the offensive line. Again, I want to root for Daniel Jones. I want him to be there. That's all good and plenty. Daniel Jones hurts his neck again and has three neck injuries in five years. Then what? Tommy DeVito. I think what Sonny's saying, and I, and, I, and I kind of agree with him, and this is why I'm okay with Daniel Jones. And if things go to pot again, you, then you really make the decision. But there, there are, for, let's say you hate next year's draft class. Because right. it's it's Quinn Ewers and Shador Sanders, Shador Sanders, and I think that's basically it. Yeah, you got to see some top. of the names. Some on of these there. other guys are. I mean, I guess you can hype them up, but they're right. they're not. They're not. It's Shador Sanders and Quinn Ewers from Texas. So, but as we've seen, it's seemingly every year there are going to be free agent quarterbacks or quarterbacks that want out of the situations that they're in. Quality, good quarterbacks. Okay, and so. If Daniel Jones gets hurt again, there's a draft option, and then there's also free agency or quarterback acquisition via other means that happens every year in the NFL. So I think like there are solutions to this, and I don't think the Giants are quite ready to quit on Daniel Jones yet. And I know See, that, I know that ownership isn't. Okay, so you know ownership isn't, and that's fine, and I respect ownership's position. If they're not ready to quit on Daniel Jones yet, they put a situation where that contract is more get-outable after year two than it would be after right, year which three. which is after next year. Which is after next year. This, off of the neck injury and everything, and seeing the deepness of this quarterback class, to me, when you rattle off any way, shape, or form the possibilities that Daniel Jones is always healthy from this point forward, Daniel Jones is healthy and takes that step forward to a top-ten quarterback. Yeah, I think if he's healthy, he does. Okay, but I'm saying, like, right. if you rattle right. off there, all of there, these different possibilities for the Giants quarterback position. There's a lot of lists. There's a lot to that list. To me, as much as everybody wants to minimize, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know on the quarterbacks in the draft. In reality, 
I think the best opportunity for the Giants to be a successful franchise over the next decade is finding one of, the, in my opinion, the big three quarterbacks in this draft. Mm. If you also want Joe Shane and Brian Dable to be here long term, because I think, like Sonny just brought up, right. look at all the holes they have to fill. You can't trade draft picks. Sure, they have a lot of holes. Right. You spend all those time trying to fill all those holes, and then you whiff on a couple of those picks, and then you still don't take a quarter care quarterback. You're not going to be here. Yeah, and that fe- that's what I'm scared of more than anything. Well, it's I, not it's not the quarterback. I'm scared of Dable and Shane not being here yeah. long term. And and again, ultimately, I I want I not want whatever the word whatever the word is. Continuity is so important. I'm tired of the changing, constant changing of the guard and the. And the, and the coaching staff and the, I'm with the circumstances. And Dave's feels like a good one. He does. I know they struggled last year, but given all of the excuses, and we talked to started the show with the Knicks and the injuries, given all the excuses that are out there injury-wise, I thought, I mean, winning seven games is, I mean, six games is, I mean, it's a, it's a victory. Yeah. There were, I mean, there were points last season where it looked like they were going to win two games. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I think I told Evan I didn't think they'd win another game. Yeah. They won three games in a row with Tommy DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> they had me it. saying, I think Tommy DeVito's the answer. Right. Yeah. Man, I was embarrassing. <laughs> By the way, wouldn't that be funny after all of this? If after next year they did roll back the Bulls and it got to Tommy DeVito again and he rattled a few more wins and we realized, you know what, he is the answer. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that like, be the sweet finally, irony? Because, by the way, to- he's like, cooking them elite neighbors. At, when you look at Tommy, like on the, like, on the field with his number, he looks little. But he's right. not. He's a big kid. I'm glad you said that because when I was at the stadium series and we kind of laughed that he was on with the mic, yeah. you saw him standing next to all these guys. Right. Like He didn't look diminutive next no. to Quinn and Williams. I think it was his number. I think his number. The number 15? Yeah, it just made him look small for whatever reason. Really? See, I think single digits make you look small. No, I don't know why. Not like. Actually, that's not it true. It just made him look short. But Tommy DeVito is a big kid, man. I'm a fat moron. No, he's not a fat moron. He's a big kid. No, I'm a fat moron. Uh, yeah, the, you are. <laughs> you're right, because when I wear a single-digit number, like my Daniel Jones 8 jersey, I look fatter. Yeah. Because it's only yeah. a you see one all, number on You that. see all of the, the fabric. So would somebody in good shape wearing two numbers make them look small? Yes, because especially it's the five. Like, the five is such a big, wide number. He looks smaller than he actually is. I mean, like, he's like six two, six three, like two twenty. Like if you guys played with the new number rules, if Brandon Jacobs wore the number five, he'd probably look like a fat ass as a running back, even yes. though he was yes. muscular and huge. Yeah, the twenty seven brought it out. Or the number would be Matt. Yeah, because the seven is a wide number. Think about it. Like it's a it's, it's a cross and and down diagonally. This... Whereas twenty one was perfect for me because it was it's kind of small. Two is a tight, you know, curved number, but one is simple. This sounds like the most ridiculous conversation, <laughs> but I promise yeah. there is definitely some truth there. I think me and Tiki are in lockstep. <laughs> Hell on. yeah. It's like Jaden Daniels at LSU. We're watching him now on the NFL Network or whatever this is. Number five was like perfect for him. It's insane. <laughs> All right, we come back more on, on the draft and what the Giants should do here as we're looking at the combine. Plus, is Saquon Barkley's legacy being a selling point in keeping him? A lot of Knicks to start the show. We've done plenty of Giants. By the way, Tiki, I got to admit right now, I'm a scared. <laughs> I'm a very scared. Why are you scared? So this is very localized. It's becoming a big story on Long Island. I don't even know if you guys are aware of this, but there is a park by me where I live called Southerns Park. Okay. okay. And yesterday morning, a high school kid walking to Babylon High School discovered hanging right there in a tree on the walk to the high school, a severed arm. What? Yep. An actual severed arm. The story grows from there, Tiki. An actual severed arm. And by the way, a picture has made the rounds, and it is as gross as you can imagine. What? Later on in the day, late yesterday, they found a severed leg. What? 
are you talking about? And now, today, I'm getting texts right now that they have found a head. An bro. actual human head. Bro. So somebody was dismembered and hung around. Not just somebody. News 12 is now reporting on Long Island. It's body parts from both a male and a female. So what? there are body parts from two different people being found. And I'm told this park is three miles from my house. And they're, I mean, obviously they can identify who it is if they found a head, well, right? Well, the, 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 this is very disgusting, but the arm, I guess because of the head, yeah, the arm had the fingertips cut off where the fingerprints would be. Oh, jeez. This is horrible. But I'm looking, I'm like, that is, that's too close to home. Wow. Well, that's terrifying. So it's a major Long Island story right now. And I boarded the train today. The helicopters yeah. hovering. They're going through the park. Uh, you know what? When I was driving in, there were helicopters. Dude, there's a lot going they, on. They were far away. I didn't. Re- I couldn't yeah. tell where they were. But out on the island? Bad scene. Wow. So, by the way, obviously, whoever wow. has passed. Well, condolences. You know, condolences. Yes. But it is. You don't want that. Could you imagine being a high school kid walking by and seeing that? No. Was it? What was the age of the... the I don't know. Somebody in high school. A... It was a high school age kid. Oh, that the body was yeah, no. Yeah. The high school age kid found the arm. Oh, I got it. I that was it. the first to find a piece, of, and then they sent yeah. everybody through this park. No, thank you. And it's like a dog. You walk your dog around the pond, and Mom, it's like we're a, moving. Yeah, no, not a not a good no, not a good situation. So I'm a little, little freaked out right now. I don't blame you. Yeah, weird scene going on on Long Family, Island. where's what's your family? They fine? My family? Yeah. Yeah, I mean everybody's fine. No, no, I mean like emotionally fine. Yeah, I think everybody's emotionally fine. I mean, what end, ends up happening in the sick world we live in is everybody takes to the internet and tries to be their own true detective. Mm. You know what I mean? So rather than think about this logically, like this is really disturbing. Right. I think you have everybody on these like Facebook pages, these mom and dad who well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. They suddenly become like these true crime right. people, which is the sad entity we live in. Right. By the way, that's scary as hell, though. Scary as hell. That just led me down nothing. You recommended a bunch of shows to me before we get to these calls. Yeah. I watched this show. Uh, he They called him Mostly Harmless. Did you see this documentary? No. It was about a hiker who, I guess, like starved to death and he couldn't identify him. And internet sleuths ended up finding out his identity. Man, there are some sad people. Some sad moms wow. in wow. Florida trying to find people. Internet's a weird place. That's what right. I'm telling you. You think? Luke yeah, Lugar looks all confused. Because I'm reading the story here. Rosie pulled it up, and it, it's crazy. About yeah. the Long Island? The Long yeah, Island yeah. Thing. It's in the Daily Mail. We're reading it. They're early. They're now starting to call them like the Babylon Butcher. Like, it's a really scary thing. I mean, right. it's multiple people. So yes. It's, that it's, I only just found out. Wow. Yeah, so according to the Daily Beast, which I'm reading on, police searched the park, found it a severed head and leg among the remains of a man and a woman. The man's remains were on the east side of the park. The woman's remains on the west side of the park. Wow. It's crazy. Crazy. So, a lot of scary stuff happening wow. out on the island. Tom in Glen Rock. Tom, you're on the fan. What's going on? Sorry for that lead-in, Tom. Yeah, jeez. Back to the Giants. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. The, the Giants, um, you know, everyone says they, they have no talent. They have uh, Okariki. They have Dex and Thomas. That's it. Dayball and Shane, two years of drafting. They haven't gotten any above-market folks in the draft. There's, you know, there's guys with upside, but nobody who's, you know, he hasn't shown a skill in the draft at all. He said day one that they weren't going to do restructures. We get restructures. We're seventh highest in dead money, middling cap space. Point I'm trying to make, you draft the quarterback now, you end up next year with a new regime and a quarterback that didn't draft. Yeah. There's a high probability of that. Well, that, we, well I think that's why they're not going to draft a quarterback. I don't, and it doesn't make sense. If you're going to, the question is, are they on the hot seat? Right. right. And, and by the way, shouldn't that be like an open conversation? And you would know better than this. 
better than me, between a general manager, coach, and the owner? Like going into a draft. 100%. Like that's 100%. best for the organization. Because if the owner is having any doubts that, let's say, Dave's and Shane in this case are the guys going forward, you can't let them draft a quarterback. Now, because the only reason you would do it is to save your save your job. Right. So there, that's why I think there is certainty. That's why, like, this lobbying that I felt like Joe Shane was doing at the end of the regular season, hey, give us one more year. We still need one more year, not just the, their third season, but the fourth season as well. So give me two more years. Don't make me lame duck was, it was, was had. Because if they're actually talking about drafting a quarterback, which I don't know if they if they are, if this is smoke and mirrors, who knows at this point? Everybody lies to everybody right. at this at this, That's at this juncture, true. right? But if that is actually something that they're thinking about, then they have to have some assurance that this is longer than just a year. So are they on the hot seat? To me, they're not, right? And I, honestly, I don't think they deserve to be. I, I agree with you, and I hope that's the case. But look, if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable... Oftentimes in the NFL, often I think it's most of the time, you're also defined inevitably by who's the franchise quarterback that you've selected with this team, whether it's through free agency mm-hmm. or drafting. Yes, they pay- that is that is true, and they haven't done it. They haven't done it, but some would argue they did by paying Daniel Jones. But again, I would argue they did it with kind of like a fake deal where they can get out after two years. Right. If they elect, or they let's just say they had the opportunity to trade up, and they said, you know, we have a lot of other holes, we're not. They pass on it. Daniel Jones, like we said, either gets hurt or doesn't take the next step forward. He ends up ultimately being gun-shy yep. and all of that. You know what? Then they have another bad year, and then they're not in any position anyway to take maybe the one quarterback that's available next year. And you don't get the big free agent quarterback because that doesn't exist next Like, you can't predict things down the line that they definitely will be there. All you could do is what's in front of you. And what's in front of them right now is a quarterback deep draft. They're picking at the top. If you do like guys and there is an opportunity to trade up, I don't know how you pass on that with the hopes and ifs and buts. To me, I think everybody just keeps focusing on what could go wrong if they trade up for a quarterback this year yeah. and not what could go wrong if they don't. Yes, and I think that's the that's that's the challenge of it. Now, I, I have to t- I take a little exception about they haven't drafted well. Oh, I agree with that, too. But Kayvon Thibodeau has been, has been great. Wando Robinson is going to be really good. He suffered, obviously, yeah. towards ACL. In his rookie season, but I think he's going to be—I think he's going to be a good player. I agree. So I don't—I don't—I mean, I, I don't know what you're looking for in a draft. So I don't Deontay think you're looking Banks for is a good player. He looks like a stud corner, right? And so, like they've done, I think well. Right. It, By the it, way, Daniel Bellinger, pretty damn good tight end exactly. for where he was taken as well. Exactly. Now, I—I I think that first. No, are there year, some misses? Sure. Right. And by the way, they may have screwed up Josh Azudu as a third runner because he shouldn't have been a swing tackle yep. last year. Right? They might, yeah, they of course. Have no business throwing him out there. Where Evan Neal's the big one. I think everybody looks at Evan Neal and goes, that's why they stink at drafting. But in reality, a lot of what they're building up, this foundation and this core, okay, yeah, probably have Kayvon Thibodeau and Deontay Banks look like two guys who could mm-hmm. be stud defenders. Wanda Robinson's going to be Wanda a Wanda Robinson is a playmaker. Hyatt, even at worst, is a number three playmaker on a right. team. They have found guys. John Michael uh, Schmitz. Exactly. He's going to be a, a longtime starter. So, yeah, and I don't think there's four. Everybody keeps going, well, look, there's no talent on the team. First of all, they did make the playoffs two years ago mm-hmm. with a lot of this core intact. That's number one. Number two, you know, for all the talk about no talent, everybody keeps pointing to the extremes what ifs. A lot of people thought the Texans didn't have a lot of talent. They yeah. hit on yeah. C.J. Stroud. By the way, Nico Collins now looks like a top five wide right. receiver. Why can't that be Jalen Hyatt? Right. Who is he? Like, right. Who was Nico Collins a year ago? Why can't Tank Dell and Nico Collins be Wandell Robinson and Jalen Hyatt if you got the right quarterback? That's right. 
And so, so much of this is on the quarterback, which yeah. all, it seems like it always comes back to the quarterback. Which is why I'm tight. It always comes back to is Daniel Jones that guy? And if he's not, then we got to go get someone who potentially can be that guy. And this year's draft is the better one of the next two. Next, then I have no idea what Shador Sanders is going to be like. I've of seen him play not. a little bit. I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's, a, it's right. a big maybe to me. But it feels like Caleb Williams at the very least. And even though Drake May is getting a lot of heat as of late because of his all, I mean, so much of their game is off schedule in North Carolina. But Jaden Daniels is an athlete, right? Yeah. He's, he's he's a mini Lamar Jackson. Not the same kind of player, but he can do all those things. Well, thankfully, we're not having the ball, run the ball, do all those things. I was just say, thankfully, we're not having idiots saying he should enter the draft as a wide receiver. <laughs> Instead, true. we're understanding he's a top five pick. Right. That's, I, that's gone now. So, Tiki, let me ask you this, though. You mentioned Caleb Williams. He inevitably still could go number one overall to the Bears. Oh, he's frustrating me right now. What are your thoughts? He's for, frustrating Forget me, right? his still stupid interview thing. Right. There's this report that came out. And by the way, I don't know what to trust or not with these aggregate accounts, so I probably should have double-checked mm-hmm. this. But he's not going to allow teams to see his medicals yeah. right now? He doesn't. He he thinks that, look, they're going to see his medicals. And right. Don't they like, have the legal right to? But, no, but it'll likely be at the pro day. Okay. Right? But I, I it feels like he came to Indy. For the combine, just to like talk to people, and he's being very out there, and it's kind of annoying to me, right? Because so one of his teammates, I forget the wide receiver out there in USC, but one of his teammates was up on the podium, and he right. just like jumps in the scrum and starts asking questions, and they're covering this like, oh, that's cool, but to me, that sounds like a look at me guy taking away from your wide yes. your teammate. It's a look. Oh, at- it's Jerry Rice's son. That's what. We're yes, doing. yes, yes. But it's a. It's like look at me. Look at me. I, I, I can stand in the scrum and ask a question. It's like, dude, you're there to tell to tell and show GMs and head coaches, organizations, that you are this consummate leader, not a clown who's just going out there to be seen. And it feels like he wants to be seen, and that's frustrating to me. Now, luckily, the Giants aren't in a position to draft him, so I don't have to like scream and yell about this well, hold on WFAN. Hold the phone. But I'm going to give you like, a things like that frustrate me because think, of, tell me a quarterback that's behaved like that that's been any good in the NFL. I'll tell you one that wasn't. Josh Rosen. It's exactly yeah. how he was. I, I have an answer Manziel, to every question. But, yeah. I know. I know everything to say. Johnny Menzel is another perfect example. Yeah. I know exact. I know the answer. I know exactly what to say. Look at me. You like me because I'm. I'm fun. I'm good. I, I hang out with you. I don't want my quarterback like that. I want my quarterback to be dead ass serious about winning. Period. All right. So there's been a lot not to like about Caleb Williams. While everybody assumes, and Mike Florio is basically acting like the guy's agent right now on Twitter, <laughs> pumping him up. There's been a lot of guys in the NFL who fall for various reasons, mm-hmm. okay? Eli Apple, by the way, was one of those guys because, you know, he had mom issues. He's too tight to mom. <laughs> um, but that was a report. People forget I that know, was a report. I do, I and do. basically ended up being true. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Okay. He didn't fall, though. He didn't fall. Here's my fear. I keep going back to the Eli Apple draft. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the Giants only look for the perfect kind of person. That was the draft in the night that Laramie Tunsil fell. Ah, because yes. of the gas mask video. Right. And Laramie Tunsil falling right. caused this whole chaotic draft scene where the Giants were basically caught. That was the end of Jerry Reese. Yep. Uh, okay, I guess we'll take Eli Apple because yep. everybody kept getting moved up a peg. Right. And the draft didn't fall where they went. And Just they take the kid. And they could have taken Laramie Tunsil and they didn't because he had weed getting smoked in a gas mask. I say that because... It was, it was illegal then, so I get it. But what kid in college... I know. And what year was that? 2018, 17, 
Was no, it, early next. Earlier than 15, that. 16? 15. He's been around that long. He was long? on the 2016 team that made the playoffs. Oh, play. yeah, so 15. Whatever. It, get, what, it doesn't matter. You can go back to 2010. What kid had not smoked a joint? I agree. Right? So, but it's stupid. Come on. And, and a lot of people judging them. But I say that because... Look, there's been a lot of smoke about J.J. McCarthy from Michigan flying up the board. We talked about J- Drake May and Jaden Daniels. There is enough not to like about Caleb Williams besides his actual play on the field. This stupid action, the non-medicals, where if we got to draft night and the Chicago Bears either shocked everybody, took a different quarterback, not named Caleb Caleb uh, Williams. Williams, or didn't move Justin Fields yet and decided, you know, we're either going to trade out, somebody else trades up, they take May or Daniels. And the slide happens for Caleb Williams. Let's just say this weird because people get scared off. And the Giants get to six and Caleb Williams is sitting there. Do you make the same Laramie Tunsil mistake and not take him even though he was like a unanimous number one pick? Or do you have to take him? (laughs) I mean. Knowing everything we know about the Giant quarterback situation, I would take him. I I mean, yes, I guess. I feel less bad about busting about it. I would scream about it. I would be upset about it. It would not be ideal for me. I get why they would do it, but... But they'd have to, right? They, it would be a bad Monday or Friday show. Because the last thing they could have happen... Are we even on that Friday? That Friday after the draft? Yeah. After the first round? Yeah, we're, All on. Right, good. we're on. Yeah, we are. We won't be on during the draft because the Yankees have to play the Oakland A's that night. Mm. But the day after That's the draft. good timing. Yeah. Nowhere you'd rather be during NFL draft night than Thanks. Yankees. Rob Manfred again. Thanks, Yankees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way... Honestly, good night to watch the draft. The Yankees will win that game 10-1 anyway, Great. and we're off and flying. Jim in Morristown. Jim, you're on the fan. What up, Jim? Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, just really quick on the Giants and the, and the draft situation and the, Daniel Jones. I'm in the small minority that I still believe in Daniel Jones. I still believe that the team around him has been trash for mm-hmm. years. The offensive line. The, I mean, who's Daniel Jones' best wide receiver he's ever had? Is Darius Slayton? Um, who I who yeah, I like? Uh, it was actually Golden Tate is year one, but yes, <laughs> yeah, that okay, doesn't say much, right? But that you're right, that's but, not, that's, but that that's it. That that it's it. So the guy needs some protection and some weapons to see what he actually is. But in terms of Caleb Williams, personally, and and I'm not obviously a football analyst like you guys are, and I would not touch that guy with a ten foot pole. He has bust written all over mm, the night. Yeah, I mean, he looks like Kyler Murray 2.0 to me. Well, I wouldn't go near him if he was. I, I, I said to I, Lugie in yeah. the third round, that might be exaggerating, but I don't want. <laughs> well, he has so much height because of the one school, because he, he was at Oklahoma, which was perennially in the college football playoff when Lincoln Riley was there. Well, and Lincoln Riley continued and, to churn out first overall picks. Right, and then, exactly. And then Lincoln Riley goes to USC, which is another big time, at least in name program, and he goes out there and he plays relatively well. And so like, he fits the, the he fits the. The, I don't know the the narrative about right. what you want as a top quarterback, but I don't I, I don't know I just he, he just it's, some little things annoy me now it could be nothing, but I hate those you. warning signs and if I'm taking a guy number one overall or in this case with the Giants number six I don't want any warning signs I w- and, and honestly it feels like the safe pick you take the safe pick and we took a safe pick with Daniel Jones because he he is. He was at that point. Yeah. Right. Good athlete, big, strong, obviously very smart. Felt like the safe pick. I just, I hope it works out. I, so I do too. And I'm glad you brought that up with the safe pick idea. And this is where I'm trying to get away from my ways because mm. I have been with you in lockstep, Tiki. And I do believe this about Caleb Williams. I, I agree with everything you're saying. There's enough warning signs. Let him be somebody else's problem. If he ends up being awesome, fine. Right. However, I, as a New York Giant fan, 
am done with the safe thing. <laughs> I'm done with it because I think the model for New York Giant draft football is take the guy with the highest floor and don't maybe not necessarily the highest ceiling because you're scared of X, Y, and Z happening. Because you know what ends up happening? You end up not getting the best players right. that way. Right. And I, you know what? I can deal with a guy being really cringe when he talks to teammates uh, in interviews, right. painting his fingernails before a game, <laughs> crying in his mother's arms because he lost to Colorado. If you can go win me 13 games in a year, I'm down for that. I am tired of the safe bet with the Giants. Well, I, look, I don't disagree with you. Like, at some point, it's like, all right, let's just be aggressive. There are tons of just studs, like these dudes who come into the league, and it's not even a question that they're going to be great. Right. It's it. The, I guess Kayvon is, is that to an extent. By the way, last year, right. Jalen Carter was that guy. Yeah. He fell, and guess who took him? The freaking Eagles, That's and right. they're going to reap the benefits That's of right. it. That's right. That's right. And so... Like, the Giants have have been reluctant to do that because I think the Giants have finally, and I actually love this, have started drafting character guys again. Right. right. It matters. It means something to them. It, it was always the talking point, always the narrative around my era, the ni- late 90s, early 2000s era of drafting with the New York Giants. Like character mattered, right? Because it, it, it just kind of guaranteed that you weren't going to be a problem child off the field or in the locker room that would cause it. a disruption. Now, with that being said... Like you see some of these guys that have these like behavior issues, you want to let's call it that, that end up being great. Uh, right? By the way, another guy fine, like that? They're fine in the NFL. They're fine in the locker room. Teams love them. Why? Because they're ballers. Another guy like that, that you the, Giants, the Giants might have been scared of was Micah Parsons. He yeah. had those rumors about whatever was right. going on at Penn State. Well, he didn't play, right? It wasn't only that. There was COVID like, season. He didn't. He sat out. Right? Was that it? I can't remember what was. So going. it it wasn't just that. And you can look this up. We didn't. We never found out exactly what happened. But there was like bad hazing stuff at Penn State that Micah Parsons was supposedly at the center right, of that right, teams right, were scared right, off right, by. Right. Um. Because we passed on Micah Parsons. Exactly. And guess who doesn't pass on troubled people? The Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and they've now reaped the benefit of it. So I'm not telling you that's what you should have your idea. My point is, if there's warning signs about guys, I get it. But if they could play and they're at an enormous position like quarterback, I'm tired of taking a safe route. So as a Giants fan myself, I would love to have Caleb Williams. Now I'm a bigger Caleb Williams fan than a lot mm-hmm. of people are. I just think he's the best player in the draft. So yeah. and if you have a chance to get that at that position, I would do it. Well, let's ask somebody who uh, is a USC fan. Charlie, Oyster Bay. What's up, Charlie? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking the call. I'm on the Long Island Expressway, so I'm quite angry. And Caleb Williams is is – USC has never had – of quarterback of any caliber that Mark Sanchez, this Caleb is is worse than he is. Huh. USC is your wide receivers, linemen. Car- uh, yeah, Carson uh, Potter uh, was pretty good. Anybody, but I, I I've got to hang up and I'll listen to you. But right. I, I'm on the well, I mean, was, yeah, I know you're. I know Bye-bye. Sean was just talking about that earlier. Appreciate your call, Charlie. Good luck with the traffic out there. I don't that's know it. if it's related to what. Well, that's, Sean was yeah, that's about. a typical LIE Friday, <laughs> right? But it could just be typical LIE You're Friday. Right. Um, there have been a couple. Uh, there have been a couple. Carson Palmer was very, very good. Yeah, if he doesn't get that knee injury in Cincinnati, one hundred percent, he could have been a freaking Hall of Fame. Look what he did with Arizona, and after. then he goes to Arizona, yeah. and he's fantastic. Uh, again, part of that's coaching because Bruce Arians was out there with him, and, and things worked well with the same mentality, right? No risk it, no biscuit type thing. Matt Leinard was good in college. But he didn't. It didn't translate. So I mean, Sam, uh, Mark Sanchez. I just think he didn't play enough in college, so he came in the league, and it, it was he was good when it was 
running the football heavy and he could play action pass, all that stuff, but he never was great. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Was very good at USC. Obviously, we we don't know don't, yet here in the pros, but probably not going to be good. I right. don't buy this. I, I've heard this argument forever when right. comparing past colleges. Well, forget it. Way, Ohio State, State quarterback Stroud just broke it. That was it. exactly what I was getting ready to yeah, say. Well, yeah. And by the way, we heard this for a long time with LSU quarterbacks, right. uh, Jamarcus but, Russell, and then but, Joe Burrow. But I think it's less the school. So we have to stop labeling the school because the schools have changed coaches. It's the system. It's it's the system because the Urban Meyer system was like it was it was simple and antiquated for the NFL. It worked in college, but think of what he did with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. It was terrible. It was it was it was miserably bad. But Ryan Day comes to Ohio State. It's more of a pro-style offense. And who's the first quarterback to come out of there that's really good? Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> right? And people knocked him last year before the draft, too. I know. C.J. Stroud. Right. Remember that. You're right. But it's it's what you do in college and how does it translate. I think more of what, what C.J. Stroud did at Ohio State translates now than what Ohio State quarterbacks in previous right. years had to deal with. And the same thing is with USC. Because Lincoln Riley wasn't the coach there until a couple of years ago. So it's 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 changing. You can't use the school narrative because they have new coaches who are doing different things, better things. So to tie in something we did yesterday into today. Yesterday, Evan brought up realignment in baseball, yep. Yankees Mets, same division, and Tiki brought up the business side of that at Sports Talk Radio. If Caleb Williams is the Giants starting quarterback and Tommy DeVito is the backup, I'm here for it. I could finally buy that house on Long Island. <laughs> that is tailor-made sports talk radio business. You have Caleb Williams, the top prospect, cries all the time, and there's Tommy DeVito who didn't get his chance as the backup quarterback. I that think DeVito might be the answer. Bingo. That is perfect. <laughs> perfect. So I'm here for it because I think Caleb Williams could play, by the and way, I'm here for it from the business. By the way, all that conversation we had yesterday where Evan was anti-radical like radical realignment, yeah. go listen to his Rico Bronya. Just go listen. Oh no! Uh -oh. Did he pivot? Four four divisions, eight teams each. So he'd be okay with it. Yes. Whoa! Whoa! What? Whoa! Yes. That's getting called on Monday. Are you? And was that taped before yesterday? I do not know. I uh -oh. do not well, know. Well, had to have been because he came right to. We went right to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Rico Brodna podcast. He, he shot him, but you know what? He laid out this this amazing. Like he said, he didn't like it, but he laid out the plan, and it's actually really interesting. So, if I had to predict, you said he was going eight team divisions, like four eight, or four eight team divisions. That'll be his argument. He'll say, "Well, it's okay if it's eight teams in a division; it's only four. It can't mm. be four team divisions with the Yankees and Mets." So, yeah. I just talked to Pete Hoffman, the producer of the Rico Bronya. Yeah. This was recorded last year. Last they put year? It last year, he told me. And so, he, so why was he so against it when we talked about it yesterday? Exactly. He changed I'm not his a man. mind in a year? Is he, was he also timing-wise unaware that this was dropping the same time we were doing this? I can't speak to that. Hoff's like you know, half asleep out there, so I'll ask him again. <laughs> but maybe he's, he works very hard. He's doing the overnight. But he told me it was recorded last year. Wow. And maybe Evan said, hey, we just discussed this, put it out. But he flip-flops, so why the hell would Evan yeah, want that out Because he loves politics. So, <laughs> by the way, I know it Ev is an election year. Evan, an works, election year. Evan works really hard on the RICO. Right. The fact that he's putting stuff to in the, the can an election year. a year ago? I mean, you got to run to the edges on election years. Yeah. So. Jeez. All right. So good fatigue. You listen to that. We now have something to call Evan out on. <laughs> Tony in Deer Park. Tony, what's up? What's up, Tony? What's up, fellas? Uh, all right. If I'm GM of any team, the first thing I, I look for is a guy that doesn't go in the stands and cries in his mother's arms. <laughs> I could see the headlines now. The big blue baby. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. The big 
big, the big blue bonnet. Yeah. All I see when I see him on TV now, and all the you know all the things that you're hearing now, he's asking for what he's doing. All I see now is a bonnet on him. Yeah. And, and like well, a you know, is, well, you know what it's sounding like, Tony. And I don't want to throw the baby bonnet on a thing, but it's sounding like he's high maintenance. Yeah. And I don't want that. But I hold knew on. That ain't gonna last. Now, Tony, let me, work. let me just ask you about this. High maintenance. Are you a Tommy DeVito guy? Tommy's no. not high maintenance. What are you talking about? But here's no, what and I'm Italian, but he's not He's not good or he's not ready. All right. Yeah, all right. I, so, I think it's more the latter. I think he's not ready. It's not that he's I, high I, maintenance. I, I think he can be good. Tommy DeVito's not high maintenance. That's not what I was going to say. talking about? If he wants to call my mama's boy, the guy gets his bed made and everything else. <laughs> I'd much rather you be crying because you're upset you lost. <laughs> no, that was, I mean, look, he just, he came out of college. He didn't, he barely had a job. Right, and so I'm not faulting it for how, how many uh, how many twenty two four three four year olds are sleeping in their mom and dad's house right now. By the it's way, hard to find a job. A lot, and now you're doing it. Now you're going into the hardest one of the hardest professions to find a job. Quarterback in the NFL, and you didn't play in a marquee program. You were at Syracuse and Illinois, dude. Of course, he's got to live in his mom's basement. Not, I want to make this clear. Or his if childhood I, room or whatever it is. If I'm not stressing this, that's on me. I'm fine with that Tommy DeVito did. I found the whole thing funny. What I'm not fine with is bashing Caleb Williams for crying in his mom's arms as a Giant fan if you didn't have a problem with DeVito. Yeah, but it's, it's all the other stuff on top. That's that's what Tony True, but that's about. what he brought up. I know, but and he, by the way, if he, he brings that up because in New York, it's going to be the headline. Yeah, but don't worry about that. Let's go win games. I know. It's a one-day story, but and, still. And it, by the way, him crying. Net, jet, jet fans will be making fun of us for, like, months. Good. They're, months. Jet, they're jet fans. I'm just telling hey. you, months. I mean, they got plenty to make fun of. Yeah. Look in a mirror. You know what I mean? And by the way, your mother making your big ZD is not the same thing as crying in her arms at 22, 23. Right. Now, Tiki, I don't know how you feel about crying. I'm a crier. I like mm. a good weep in a mirror, okay? <laughs> and if you're crying after a football game, it tells me you cared that much about winning. It's not like mm. he cried. You know what I mean? Like he cares about winning. Right. I remember I had on the field passes 2011 wild card game Giants Falcons, the only playoff game ever in my life stadium. Pre game, I'm watching Brandon Jacobs and Bradshaw have like a catch, and there's some song playing, and Ahmad Bradshaw is so welled up with emotion, he starts full on bowling, crying. Is that right? Game. Never, I was with my buddy Kyle. <laughs> wow. We looked at each other and went, Is this a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> is he ready? <laughs> is he ready? Bradshaw ends up being a star in that right. postseason. He wins his second ring. And I walked this was This was before the game? Before the 2011 wow. Walker game. Eyes gushed up with tears. Like, he was so emotionally ready. And I said to myself after, I go, I'm never going to criticize a player for crying right. again. Right. He cried before the game. Wow. Good so, for him. There you go. I like Amon a lot. He's I a love good him. Dude. Scott and Hamilton. Scott, what's up? What's going on, guys? We're good, man. Hey, you know, Sean and Tiki show kind of sounds a nice little ring to it. Got some Giants in here, right? That's what you like. Oh, well, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Tiki. <laughs> and, you know, Sean, Sean basically, everything I wanted to say, Sean said it before when he was talking about all the Giants draft picks. Yeah. And even with, with Neil, he's not playing in his natural position. I think that definitely has something to do with his lack of play. Right. Or, you know, that he's, his struggle's going on. Right, he's a left tackle. So it's different. It, yeah, I mean, he did play right you know, tackle for a year in Babylon. Yeah, he did both. He could, but but, but, but a, college football is different. Thomas is there. You know, Thomas is so. There's nothing that can be done on that. But Shannon's not done a bad job with his draft picks at all. I don't think he I'm has not, either. I actually think he's done well with his draft picks. I think he's done pretty well in free agency too. Like, yeah, I mean, first of all, Bobby O'Kari. They yeah. called him Okariki before right. Okarike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that might have been one of the best top five free agent signings for any team last year. 
I 100% agree because he's, he's, he became an immediate leader. And the year before, they did nothing but Glowinski on a very low cost. Right. And I can't, what, am I going to kill him for that? That's all they no. had the money to move with. Exactly. They're, so they're bargain basement shopping. And they traded for Waller last year. Right. I, I don't know where they've gone wrong. The Tyrod Taylor signing, I thought that was a good yeah. one. Even if he, you know, was compromised health-wise, it, it, you know, last season. He's loved in the locker room. They love him in the locker right. room. Like, he's the perfect guy to have as your, Which is why Shane, your other quarterback. Which is why Shane seemed to be open to him coming back now. That's exactly right. Now, does he want to? Somebody else going to value him more? We'll see. Maybe. You can't and over, I could see him being overpay, frustrated. You can't overpay him. Right. Right. But now, Tyrod Taylor, that's the bigger issue. Is he going to be frustrated by, like, potentially being passed over again? And that's a real concern if I'm Tyrod Taylor. And it's interesting you say that because earlier in the week when Joe Shane spoke, he did say that signing another quarterback like a Tyrod Taylor would not prohibit them from also drafting one, which yes. makes sense because you have to plug that quarterback hole no matter what. And right. if the chips don't fall your way in the draft, however, if you're Tyrod Taylor, knowing you just went through what you went through with DeVito played over you after you got hurt, mm-hmm. do you want to be in a situation where now they've drafted a quarterback, the guy they played over you last year is still, still there, there, and Daniel Jones? Right. That may not be appealing to him. It's just not ideal for him. Like no. His path towards playing, even as a backup, is clouded. Because in that spot, in theory, DeVito goes to the practice squad if he doesn't go clean. Yes. And you have to carry three quarterbacks. Yes. Which, by the way, if they draft a quarterback, don't be shocked. They're going to carry three quarterbacks this year. It's going to be one less roster spot. All right, Tom and Ronnie in Tom's River. What's up, Ronnie? What's up, boys? How's everyone doing today? We're good, good. Ronnie. What's up? Um, so I'm actually going against the grain with you guys and not drafting a quarterback. Uh, no, I'm with you, guys, Ronnie. They, I'm with you, bro. I don't want to draft a quarterback. This guy wants to. I want to draft a quarterback. Yeah, so I just think that where the Giants are, they have so many holes everywhere. They can just get the best available player. If you look at the, the last couple drafts, the, the, the teams who just draft the best available player, make, make they make an impact instantly. Right. Like, And there's really no, um, the, you know, discussion about that. It's I mean, Ronnie, so you make a great point. Drafting for need when you have a $40 million a year quarterback sounds kind of asinine. Just just put every, take everything we that you know out out of the equation and just say what we just said. I just said you're drafting for need. I need a quarterback and you have a $40 million quarterback. That how dumb does that sound? It I mean, it's just like it's just, just stating it that way without all the parties. Yes, it does it does sound dumb. But I think what's also dumb is Creating another problem by not acknowledging the first problem. I mean, I'm trying to and again, think. it's not ability, Tiki. Yeah. It's, we cannot deny the injury situation now. I'm trying to think if that last year, what Ronnie was talking about, CJ Stroud, best available at two. Will Anderson, best available at three. Offensive and defensive rookies of the year, Remember, by the way. They traded up for Will Anderson. Right, but still, they traded up and they drafted the best player. So they went and got the best two players that were right. left. Anthony Richardson, Probably not it for the Colts at four. Probably not the best player available. They drafted for need. Didn't really work out. He got hurt. Seattle, Devin Witherspoon, uh, fantastic. Made the Pro Bowl last year. And was he all pro also? I don't know. Uh, I, I think he might have been all, all pro as well. Uh, best available player. That worked out. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Jameer Gibbs, Detroit at 12. A running back. Just the best available player. Now, that was probably... By a lot design. of people didn't think he was. The it best was by design, I think. But if you ever watched him in college, he was he was a difference maker. Van Ness from Green Bay Packers, best available player. I mean, he is is a good point. Like when you just draft the best guy, that guy goes in. in, in, in Bijan Robinson, 
another running back. I mean, he was fantastic that's last year. You're in no man's land because if you keep drafting the best available player, you think you'd have a good team, right. but without a quarterback, right? And that's doesn't... and that's then that was Atlanta's problem. Yep, which is why bingo we're starting to get some uh, some Kirk momentum. That Kirk Cousins is heading to Atlanta. We can... and if you're Kirk Cousins and you have all of that talent because they got nothing but first rounders on offense, yeah, including on the offensive line. That might be his best landing spot. And a competent head coach. Right. Probably put in place them using those weapons. No doubt. We can discuss more of that. Plus, go down a little rabbit hole with Tiki on Ridiculous Things Said at the Combine. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. All right, Tiki. Today is March 1st. And Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere. And by Wendy's. Try the new pretzel baconator today. Stop. Hold on. Pause. Time out. Call 30 here real quick. Uh-huh. You had a Cinco de Five O yesterday. We had a question based off your Cinco de Five O right. yesterday because it was the top five things that happened on Leap Day. Leap Day. Yeah. Which was February 29th. Your number five was Ja Rule. And Be- number five is being, being birth. But the question that came off of that was, does he celebrate his birthday on non-Leap Day years? On the 28th or on March 1st? So I reached out to Ja. He didn't get back to me in time for us to do it on the show. Right. But he did once I got home. You know what he said? What'd he say? Both. Now that's a bowler move. <laughs> By the way, you know what? That probably is the right answer. That is the absolute right answer. Yeah, if I'm getting screwed out of my actual birthday every year, I'm going to use both days. No doubt. And do that. It's a two-day birthday. That's a Bennigan's trip and then a Cheesecake Factory trip. <laughs> That's what you took out of that? Right. He just casually texted Ja Rule, and Ja Rule got back to him. I get it's Tiki Barber, but we text like Art Stapleton. No offense to Art, but this is Ja Rule. That's oh, what I took out of it, is that Tiki just texting Ja Rule out of nowhere. First of all, I don't blame Tiki. Good for Tiki. By the way, Art Stapleton would have answered me a lot quicker than Ja Rule answered Tiki. <laughs> and Ja got That's back true. to him on his birthday, and it wasn't even a happy birthday Word. text. So you did start with happy birthday, right? Oh, you did? All right, all right. I did. All right. I know he you said, were cool uh, He like said, ha, huh, thanks, bro. Uh, so Both. <laughs> so hopefully Ja Rule is out there still celebrating. Maybe he's listening to Cinco de Five-O. Uh, March is here. And I don't know if a lot of you guys feel this way. March is the strip clubs of month. A big tease. <laughs> It is a big tease. Are you going to Tampa or something? What's going on? Well, I'm just saying. Would you not? If you were to say, pick any month, it's a tease. Yeah, I could see that. Because you're waiting for fully spring to yeah. be here. You're waiting for baseball to fully be here. You're yeah. waiting for your team to draft somebody that can help you win to be here. Yeah. You kind of get teased. March whispers in your ear, honey, how much are you going to tip me? That's exactly <laughs> what March does. That being said, there are good things about March. I'm excited March is here. I'm going to give you the five best things about March. Here we go! Number five. NFL free agency. Mm. The exact opposite of baseball free agency. I Was it next week or the week after? I When it gets here. It happens quick. It is such a fun week. Yeah. Fast and furious. So much so that when I was working on the national side, I used to have to like do a live like grid I'd have to keep updating because you'd miss stuff by right. the time you were on the air the when next day. When is the official tampering period? Because they have an official... Official tampering. Is it March 12th? Period. That That's when it really starts? Yeah. We, I mean, the right. Le- By the way, they put in legal tampering because the idea was how would these deals get signed so fast? And yes. then legal tampering just became free agency. Yes. That's basically what it is. So it comes, I think, maybe March 12th. 13th. March 13th. March 13th. Uh, 11th. Two days. So March of this year. It was 13th last year. It's March 11th at noon this year. So we're 10 days away. 10 days away. That's going to be a fun legal week. tampering. Evan tries to overanalyze every jet move. We'll overanalyze every giant move, and we'll have some fun. But I love that. All right, here we go. Number four. 
the NCAA tournament. Mm. What a great event. Mm. How great are those first two days? You don't got to know Jack, and all you got to do is gamble. Right. And by the <laughs> way, for everybody that complains, I need a day off after the Super Bowl. Somehow, everybody has no problem banging out on that Thursday or Friday from work. <laughs> it's true. But the day after the Super Bowl is a big problem. Only, listen, you shouldn't bang out. If you're a foxhole guy, you don't bang out at work. By the way, guys, I'm taking that Thursday and Friday oh, off. Just letting you know right hate now. Hate you. That's right. I'm off that Friday, but I won't be able to watch the tournament. Anyway, here we go. Number three. Evan's going to be so angry this isn't number one, but it's baseball arrives at the end of the month. Mm. Now, I'm going to be full disclosure with you. I love baseball. I love the Yankees. I am a baseball is way too long kind of guy. It's ama- I say this to Lugie. There's no other sport where I inevitably am always more into the first two weeks than I am the last <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> That's so true. Is that true, right? Is That's that so f- true. <laughs> Like I, didn't, I, I don't think I watched a pitch of the World Series. First time ever, a pitch of the World I Series. Know, I know I did not. It, just, it didn't interest me. But yeah. the first two weeks, oh, Reds, Phillies, yeah. gear me I, up. I cared to find out who won the World Series. I did right. not watch a second of it. By the way, in Evans' um, fantasy league. Next, fa- no, next, not, not his fantasy oh. league, but you and I got to get on our team, by the way. Yeah. But in Evans' restructuring, radical restructuring, he shortened the season, too. He is such a phone. He shortened the season. He is such a phone. 156 games as opposed to 162. Well, that's because his wife won't let him go to as many games now, so it works for him in all the time. It does change. All right, here we go. Number two. The number two best thing about March, mulch. (laughs) The moment you get a couple nice days in a row, it's time to get the mulch out. And when the mulch comes to your neighborhood, boy, does it smell like spring. Hmm. It you know does. that smell? And it looks like spring. It's like, dude, my oh. yard looks so perfect right now. And it only is going to take one windstorm. Like, I it's, know. It's, the color some fades. Some deer going flying through, ripping it all up. Now, the barber house. Uh, some deer. We don't have We have squirrels by us. No, the barber don't. house. Black mulch, brown mulch, red mulch. It was red. Now it's black. It's got to be black. It, we did red for a while because it, it kind of... It's just so much green around our house. It just kind of looked cool. Mine and Tracy yeah. have Christmas. She loves Christmas. We have 14 trees. So the black mulch. So, so, but after a while, we're like, yeah, this, this is yeah. black. Yeah. Now look, when mulch, once you go, never mind. Black. All right. Yeah. You never go back. Number <laughs> one. Number one. He said it. St. Patrick's Day <laughs> celebrations. Hey. All right. I love it. This is the best. Now, I don't know if Jersey is like this. Mm. I know Long Island's like this. Starting this weekend, every Saturday or Sunday, one of the little villages will have their parade, which inevitably ends to everybody drinking, dressed as green. You will inevitably have hit, if you're like in your 20s, eight St. Patrick's Day celebrations by the time the month ends. It's no longer about St. Patrick's Day anymore. It's a month of drinking. It's a month of drinking. Everybody wearing the green. Some people go lazy with the Celtic or Jet jerseys. Mm. I love it. In fact, I'm going to reveal a little secret about Tommy Lugauer. What's that? Me and Tommy have known each other for a long time, worked behind the scenes for a long time, hit at his office friends. He was another Long Island guy. He had a saying, and it's so true to this day. When you get to Halloween and you go to the Halloween parties, I think we are at a Halloween party together at the bars. He said, look around. Do you notice something? I go, no. What do you go? He goes, the girl's legs, all the girls are dressed you know, to impress. I said, yeah. What about he goes, get a good long look. This is the last time you get a look at any of this until St. Patrick's Day. You won't see a kneecap for four months. They're going to be bundled up. It's true. It's, it right. is true. You see it driving in the city, too. So if you're young. Everybody's bundled up. Yep. And then all of a sudden, St. Patty's Day happens. It's a little bit warm outside. It's like, okay. And by the way, 40 on St. Patrick's Day is the equivalent of 80 in July. And Tommy's right. If you're a single guy or gal, 
The moment you start seeing skin out in public again is St. Patrick's Day. The beads, oh. the innuendos on the shirts, I love it. You're right. And now, by the way, Hoboken does uh, one of those St. Patrick's Days before the actual yes. holiday. Yeah. All right. And that's single day 5 today and every day at 5 p.m. What's no, the, Luca, no problem. What's the drink on St. Patty's Day? Green I go drink? green beer. Green beer? People do the JMO shots, the Guinness. Rosie? I'm not a Guinness guy. Rosie, what do you do? Beer is fine. I don't need the group, the coloring though. Right. That's why not? Because it's it's stupid. It's dumb. So, admittedly, I am twenty five percent Irish, but I'm still going with like a Corona or a White Claw. I know, none but it's you, what I none like. Of you fools drink Guinness. I don't like the taste. No. Straight Guinness. It's a oh. light beer, by the way. It just looks dark. Guinness. I think that's what freaks me out when drinking Guinness. Yeah, it does. It's that it it doesn't taste heavy, but it looks heavy. Yes. And I don't like playing mental tricks. And it's better out of the tap, even though. Everybody swears it's also better in Ireland. It absolutely is. Okay. It absolutely is. I mean, I drink my coffee in the morning. They have a factory. You go on tours. It's awesome. I mean, I would go. Have you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Another great factory. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite factory, as a matter of fact. I thought you were like, wait, was this in some country? (laughs) (laughs) No. It's everywhere. Mark in South Cali. What's up, Mark? Mark, what's up? Hey, guys. It's Sean. You got to keep me on for a few seconds more. Go ahead. I'll start out. I'll start out with this first. Sean, when you did your Cinco de Five back in a while, you was uh, you guys were searching for uh, Whitney's Whitney Houston's uh, songs and Dionne Warwick. For Dionne Warwick, it was Walk On By. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Right. Because he had never heard of it. That's yeah. right. Right. And for um, Whitney, it was The Greatest Love of All, originally mm-hmm. by George Benson. Right, right. And You Give Good Love to Me, her first hit. Yep, that's right. Now, uh, as far as the Giants' concern, the Giants, uh, I would go uh, receiver mm-hmm. and go with either Penix or Knicks. The reason why I'm saying that later because later. they're bad weather quarterbacks, just like because uh, they're in the great north. Uh, the three top quarterbacks, they're all southern quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Now, for the by the way, Bo Nix originally played at Auburn and never wins on the road, so <laughs> he's not exactly Sean, just a bad Sean. weather quarterback. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sean, here it goes. I hope the NFL lets. Bad Tiki do NFL games in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't think the NFL is anywhere close to allowing right, that. They, they'd have to censor the whole thing, Mark. <laughs> right. Now, Bad Tiki's, we found out, is pressed for money, so we know yeah, he do true. the job. Yeah, but bad. why do you want to hear that, Mark? Why, why I want him to? Because one thing I noticed about Bad Tiki, he's straight to the point. Yep. He doesn't miss. Good point. That's <laughs> a great point, Mark. Appreciate you, bro. And no sponsor apparently bailed after Bad Tiki gave them all a shout out yesterday. <laughs> So also very, very I don't know. Hard. I'm not doing any reads today, so maybe they oh, did. Oh, good point. Good point. Maybe Bad Tiki. That's a good 844-BAD-TIKI. He's unbelievable. By the way, my wife believed that A.I. Rod was really Alex Rodriguez. A.I. Rod sounded exactly like Alex. Like I came up, she's like, you shouldn't just didn't get A.I.Rod to tape something? I'm nope. like, no. Nope. And he made, I mean, Bad Tiki made A.I.s out of everybody. Yeah, I know. That, I, that was, was the funniest one. That, I don't know how you've gotten used to it. That was so freaky <laughs> hearing me like that. Brian in Florham Park. Brian, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking the call. What's up, neighbor? Uh, I'm not. I'm. Yeah, what's up, neighbor? How you doing? I'm good. Listen, I'm calling to agree. I'm calling to agree with you, man. All right, let's see. Um, two, 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 two points. All right. And first one was, and listen, I'm not a caller. I'm always a listener. I listen right. to you guys. Every day, great show, right? Appreciate um, you, dude. I just well, listening over the last week. I was like, all right, I, I've got to call in, especially listening to today. And also, Evan, I just you know he he was. It's nice that he was not in today. Um, <laughs> we get Giants talk. That's why. <laughs> well, it's, you know, listen, 
I get it. Like everybody there is like big fans, right? And you know, it's emotional and this and that. But like, let's take a step back for a second, right? Like, and you know this probably better than anyone, Tiki. Like, like we don't know what the Giants need. We don't know what's going on with Daniel Jones. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, they paid him forty million dollars for a reason, right? right? Like, they think he's a good quarterback, and he is, and he proved that the year before. He just has nobody to block for him. He's got no one to take care of him, and he got beat up last he year. He got okay? destroyed. So it's the, it beat up destroyed. does not even close, Brian. I watched all 30 of his sacks, like, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I felt bad. I mean, I I, I like was, like, cringing, watching him, knowing like, he's going to get hit. And it's like, ugh. And by the way, it wasn't a matter of not having, like, oh, people play without linemen. He, if you consider Evan Neal not an NFL tackle, got deserves to play guard. He played the first five weeks before his injury with zero NFL tackle play. <laughs> Josh Azudu right. and Evan Neal, right, right. Bad miss, you know. He, this is what it is. It's right. Bad miss. Like Sometimes Evan Neal that happens. Alabama should be should be like upper echelon. No doubt. Right? Bad miss, right? But like, so anyway, like you got you got you got to look at that and say, okay, like so. All right, so whatever. Say they make the decision, like we want to move on, mm-hmm. right? And and I and we want it, which you know I don't think they should. When you guys are talking about Caleb Williams, like yeah. listen, I watch I watch a lot of college football. You know, I'm an SEC guy. I I but I do I, listen. I watched a lot of USC games this year. Dude, he went he went let's he went seven and five in the Pac-10, which no longer exists. <laughs> there's right? two, well, there's now, two teams. Listen, I'm going to give Lugie two credit. Lugie said, yeah, but his 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 defense was Swiss cheese. Absolutely, 100. percent But you can't ignore the little things like, like, and, and I don't want to jump on board with everyone else, but yeah, like him jumping in the crowd, crying to his mom or him. Listen, he also comes at people too. He played Utah in two pack, uh, 12 championships and lost and painted stuff on his nails. Like, you know, like he doesn't, he, you're a quarterback. You got to be a leader of men. Yeah. Right. And you have to be, you have to want people to follow you. Every person on that team, including the defense. Right. Am and, I wrong? No, I you're mean, absolutely like, right. Like if, if you don't and appreciate your call, Brian, uh, I won't see you there until next week because I'm going down to Dallas. Um, but he lives in the same town as me, by the way. Four Park. Right. So the What's point- that restaurant you're always going to? Uh, which one? You say it every time you have a good date night. You go into some restaurant. Oh, we go to a lot of them. Oh, all right. Like, we, we, we went- the same spot. <laughs> no. Uh, Luco? Luco's right in town. Okay. You're talking about the Thirsty Turtle? Oh, What's the it? Thirsty Turtle? Right. Oh, uh, I'm just trying to figure out what you're The one time about. we were in Florham Park, me and Lugie ate at this really fancy spot. You ever heard of Wawa? Wawa. We got a good sandwich there. Loves the Wawa. Oh, Wawa. Right on Route 10? That's actually in East Hanover. Wherever it was. It was close. Yes, it was East Hanover. Yeah. Right. So she loves that. Um, I forget what I was saying. But but (laughs) the point with with quarterbacks, the quarterback has to become the unquestioned leader. And look, could Caleb Williams evolve into that? Sure. But there were some quirks about him that, I mean, they're probably fine, but they worry me. The beauty of it is that in reality, He's going to be gone before the Giants ever have to even think about taking right. him, unless something like drastic happens, but, and he and he's one of those precipitous fall guys. But that's I hammered that last hour. I know if he's a Look, precipitous could, fall could, guy, it could happen. I'm not I'm not just doubting that, and it would put the Giants in a very odd position. By the way, that is a great four. Lugie hit on it, man. That Friday the next morning is a great four hours of radio. I'll be waving the pom poms. I'll paint my nails just like Caleb Williams. <laughs> if, I'll be so pumped you, up. Oh, come on. I will. No, you. Won't. If they get Caleb Williams and he falls, I'm kicking you out of the studio. Then really? Yeah, that's not nice. No, because I'm going to be anti it. So perfect. <laughs> Have you heard of radio? <laughs> Anthony and Tom's River. Anthony, you're on the fan. What's, What's up, Ant? How you doing, guys? What's going on, Evan Tiki? All's good. Evan's not here. That's Sean. 
Oh, Sean, I'm sorry. My bad. It's I sound good. just so, as whiny. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I was listening to you guys about a week ago, and Evan was talking about some craziness about Justin Fields. Yes. Yes. Giants. Yes. Trading, yeah. trading for Justin Fields. Oh, I do not want Fields. What has he done for Chicago? Right. He hasn't proven. So why would you bring somebody that has done nothing to a giant team that's already struggling offensively and defensively? Yeah. Now look, if, if Jones goes down, if Jones goes down and Fields is in your next quarterback, you're going to get worse. Right. Than well, Jones. well, the only thing that I could argue. And again, I'm against this, but the only thing I could argue with Justin Fields is that the skill set is very similar. Okay, right, right with with the ability to make every throw. He just decision making hasn't been good for Justin Fields until this season. It actually changed a little bit this year with under Luke Getzey the second year, and then they fired Luke at the end of the season. I think I don't know if that's telling about Justin Fields or or what, but he started to locate the ball better. But the athleticism that we saw with Daniel Jones two seasons ago when he rushed for right. 700, that's, that's, that's the same skill set that Justin Fields of has. Of course it is, So yeah. in theory, the offense doesn't need to evolve for your – in this case, I think it'd be backup, whatever. It doesn't need to evolve for the new quarterback. Right. Right, so it's, it could fit. But the timing of it with his deal coming due really now because right. they got to figure out whether or not they want the fifth-year option. And then – him likely not playing and then having to determine whether or not you're going to sign him in free agency or you just lose him. It's it a just, mess. It just doesn't make sense. Especially like it, if you're in the camp of you don't want to trade assets because you need to fill every hole while yes. you're trading something for him. Yes. And for a guy who's not proven. It's one thing if you're trading for a proven starter who's won a lot in the NFL. As, as much as I think Justin Fields can be that, he's not that. Yeah. But by, by the way, just a quick aside: the Ravens do that well with Tyler Snoop Huntley behind Lamar Jackson. Yeah, where the offense doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it's a big drop off, but right. it doesn't miss a beat as far as fit goes. But that's almost as important, especially yeah. with. I mean, how many? What was the number this year? Sixty-three or different 60, quarterbacks? Sixty-five. Weren't there, there twelve rookies that started? Yeah, the game? there were twelve rookies, including uh, ours and, uh, and Tommy DeVito. But I, I want to say there were sixty-three. Was the number I saw. And think about that. That's that's at least it's on average one a team, and you can't tell me it's a crazy outlier with the increased schedule. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, you know, right. backups now a very important position. Ryan in Fairhaven. Ryan, what's up? Hey guys, this is Ryan. Uh, first time, long time. I just wanted to make my case for the Giants uh, drafting a quarterback. Um, as a Giant fan, I just want to feel excited going into this season. And no offense to Daniel Jones, another season of him, I'm really not all that excited. <laughs> if we have a Caleb Williams, a Jaden Daniels, a Drake May, uh, in that case, I'm a lot more excited. Yeah, so let, no, me, let me know what you guys think right, about no, that. No, I, I think, like, you're not wrong. Like, I know what he's saying. Like, it, it, this feels like a, just another year. Feels like running it back. Nobody run, wants to right. hear the term run it back. Run it back, especially after a six-win season. Right. right. It's like, oh, we're going to run it back. Not much is going to change. Obviously, you'll get some free agents and you'll get some draft because they have 30-something free agents, so they got holes to fill. It's going to be a, a third different team, right? So we know that already. Actually, probably half the team is going to be different. Right. So we know that already, but it still feels running it back because the guy up top is, is still Daniel Jones, and this is now his sixth season. But with that being said, I still don't feel like we know Daniel Jones. I know. But, and, but if and, you don't and I know, hate that, and I hate, don't, you know? Yeah, yes, but he's paid. Like, he's already here. He's already got the contract. And, you know, unfortunately for Daniel Jones, his whole career has felt prove it. 
at the beginning, you're yeah. re- you're replacing Eli Manning. All right, prove that you you, you deserve to replace Eli Manning. Uh, after that, he got he got hurt. He had to come back. All right, prove that you're healthy and can be that guy. And then right. get a new head coach. All right, we're not going to do uh, your fifth year option. We're not going to sign you up for your fifth year option. So going into your fourth year, you got to prove it, dude. And he did. It, it, he did. He gets paid. Now he gets hurt. After getting paid, and it's like, all right, you they have an out after this year. Prove it again. It's every single year has been I a know. prove it year for Daniel Jones. And that's that's gotta be the fact that he's even survived. Right. Like I'm this. just thinking like emotionally, you never feel relaxed. Like right. he's never felt, all right, this this is my team. Like I I, I got well, last year would have been the year after he signs the deal. Right. But it I mean he got but it hurt. The, and that's that's why I'll defend but Daniel so Jones. So it sets this. up to right. another prove it year. And that's what I will defend Daniel Jones with this. If you have the idea that it's run it back if Daniel Jones is the starter next year. Is it really, though? And I know that everybody suddenly with some all-22 film and a Twitter account thinks they know what they're looking at <laughs> when they're diagnosing Daniel Jones not taking deep shots or right. whatever that went that's into because it. because he gets to his third step and he's inundated. Right. He doesn't have time to go through the reads. Right. That being said, you know, if Andrew Thomas is fully healthy and they have capable right tackle play, which they eventually got with Tyree Phillips mm-hmm. last year, and John Michael Schmitz takes the next step. And Jalen Hyatt takes the next step. Wondell Robinson, too. It's not really running it back. Because no. you would see internal and external improvements to the roster itself. Yes. So I, I can't look that way. And by the way, it's not like the Giants went 6-10, and 5-11, and 11, whatever they ended up going with. 6-10. and 10. Well, What happened? Very little uh, wins to a lot of losses. All right, guys. Earlier in the show, we discussed Darren Waller, how he was mulling retirement, but yep. decided to come back. This is from the New York Post. Paul Schwartz. Waller told the Post on Friday that he is, quote, still undecided if he's going to continue his playing career. Another quote, quote, I have not made a decision either way, Waller said. Hmm. So he's still mulling retirement. This is Paul Schwartz of the Post. I mean, luckily Daniel Bellinger's a good player. I know. He he probably got underutilized. He he did, but he was also used a lot as a fullback. Yeah. Right? He was was, pseudo fullback. right, Right. He was like a pseudo fullback. Darren Waller's 31. Like, this will be his year 32 season next year because he turns 32 in September. It feels young for him to retire. A lot of injuries. Unless the injuries are weighing on him. Look, I am not going to, I am not somebody to tell an athlete or anybody when they should or shouldn't retire. However, I would think common courtesy, Tiki. You know, a lot of people had a problem with the way you retired. Hey, by the way, that was a blessing. The Giants knew what they needed. They took a mod bratch on the seventh round. Yeah. And by the way, they already had two pretty good running backs. Yeah. Right. With Ward and Jacobs. Yeah. I think that if Darren Waller is serious about retirement and he's thinking about and leaning he's that way, he's got to let them know in the next yeah, ten days. They can't exit free agency, have the cap room gobbled up, and then have to sh- reach for one in the draft. That can't happen. All right, it is five thirty. You know what that is? It's our daily John Sterling call. It's time for John Sterling's home run call of the day. The payoff is hit in the air to deep right center. It is high. It is far. It is gone in the bleachers. He hit a breaking ball a mile and a half. Jason Giambi hits another home run. The Giambino. And the Yankees take a 4-3 lead. Oh, I like that one. The Giambino. The Giambino was great. That piggybacked off Tino was the great Bam Tino for all those years. Man, I miss Jason Giambi. Very rare in this town, too, with the Yankees to be a guy to not win a championship, to be in between both the 2009 and then the earlier Mm. run, but still be very beloved. And oh, by the way, as I look at the A-Rod banner, 
Giambi, not exactly a clean player, but everybody loves him. <laughs> well, because he because he copped to it. Yes. He admitted it. Yes. That that helped him a lot. Right. Plus, he wore like a thong report. The golden yeah. thong. Yeah, right. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. And he didn't sue the team. He didn't sue the team. Yeah. Nonetheless. Minor details. The right. fans shouldn't care about who sues the team. No, of course not. By the way. If anybody should be suing anybody, you fans. I mean, by the time you pay for parking, how much are those chicken buckets costing you? A-Rod could be doing you a favor. Jeez. Uh, all right. The Combine always brings us, Tiki, asinine questions that teams may ask players or, like, motives. i never right. forget the first year with Nick Sirianni, he was asking players to play rock, paper, scissors to Why? judge their competitive instinct. Really? Yeah, that was like a – and he got, like, mocked for it. Ended up being an okay coach. Yeah. But – Sometimes players say really weird things. So Loogie basically like hot off the presses when I walked in here today. He's like, did you see this one said this and this one said this? So I said, we got to do this with Tiki because it might send you down a rabbit hole. I'm not even sure you're aware some of these things in life exist that people I, think. I probably do not. All right, Loogie, I'm going to let you direct traffic here and, sure. and teach us into where we got to go. All right, so first things first, I have one quote and then two pieces of audio. I'll read the quote, we'll play the audio, and then we will discuss. First of all, there's something called the birds aren't real movement. Now, there are two prospects. One is named the Tiki's face. Tip Riemann, he's a tight end out of Illinois, and then Romeo Dunze, of course, wide receiver. Right. Washington, they are both subscribers, believers to the birds are not real people. This is the quote from Tip. Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? How do we know that power lines aren't <laughs> pigeon recharging stations? That is the quote from Tip. Here is the audio from Romeo Dunze. This is our fake. Those are AI. I haven't. What? So he hasn't seen yeah. a baby pigeon. That's clip one. Here's clip two. This is our fake. Those are AI. I haven't. Sounded just like clip one. Yeah, it's but... the same clip. Okay, there you go. All so right. one clip. So pigeons are fake. He thinks they're AI. Now here's ba the... So you've never seen a baby pigeon. So that would be the basis. Here's my problem. If a pigeon is AI, or it's like some kind of... Let's just play the game that these guys would be right. Why in New York City do I walk through pigeon poop every single day? <laughs> Yes. And I, by the way, I, I would guess none of these people have been to Manhattan if you don't and believe why do pigeons. those people who go pigeon hunting bring home pigeons? Right? Right. And also, if if you believe birds aren't real, these all birds? So Because eggs exist. Yeah, and I see robins and blue jays outside my house yeah. every day. As somebody who lives and in I Manhattan? I know this because my dog, CJ, drags me around the neighborhood trying to chase the damn things. Yeah. So. I've never seen a baby pigeon in my life. Ever. Never. They're always full-grown, full-sized. They're I And I live in Manhattan. I've lived here for like five yeah, years. But, baby pigeons. But, you know, the babies stay in the nest, and the yeah. mom brings them back food. What are they, so. Tommy DeVito living there till they're 30? <laughs> yes. they, I've and, never seen a baby pigeon. Because they, when they're big enough to finally be able to fly on their own, that's when they grow. The mommy and daddy right. take care of them. Wait, Lukey, are you saying you believe in this birds are fake? Thing? Okay, so I'm not saying I'm part of the uh, birds are not real movement, but they do bring up a good point. I, for one, have never seen a baby pigeon. And they do hang out on the uh, power cords a lot. And maybe they're AI? I don't know. They're yeah. drones. They're recharging no, the batteries stop. on the power lines. Yeah. Oh, so in 1923, they were drones as the pigeons were crap. Were the power lines in 1923? Yes. I don't know about that. <laughs> when did Ben Franklin fly the kite? I have no idea. Okay. I think he was in the Boston Tea Party. All right. <laughs> but, all right, so let me, before we get to the next idiotic thing. Would, he was a founding father. Is there way. anything like, the, <laughs> didn't he do the electricity with the kite? Yes. Okay. So right back then, that's how long yeah. electricity was. So I'm assuming they got I power they had, lines. I don't think they had power lines. Not probably a few years later. Yeah. Right? What's the know. thing in France, the Louvre? Exactly. We're going down a dark path. Tiki, is there anything dumb enough a player would say that would tell you, I don't care how talented you are, I can't draft you? Um, 
Non-political. It, it, like, it would be hard. Okay. So you could be... Did right. you play with any P, guys P, that were like... P.E. majors coaching P.E. majors. Yeah. That's how you have to think about it sometimes. All right. I'm not saying it's everybody, but sometimes you have to think of it that way. All right. So that is one piece of audio. We have the other from Rome Aduzier. Yeah. Rome was... Steve, at, who, by the way, is the wide receiver from Washington that Michael Penix used to mm-hmm. come. And the question is, in here, he was asked if he thinks he could fly a plane. Hmm. Do you think you can land a plane in case of emergency? Absolutely not. <laughs> we are going down. All souls have perished. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. It's a good answer. I don't like how everyone laughed at it. It's not encouraging. No. Well, hold on. I like a quarterback that's honest. None of us could land a plane. He's a wide receiver. So he's not a, he's not a quarterback. And landing a plane is simple. You push the automatic pilot button you realize that how do you know that because your planes are flown automatically the pilot is there in case something goes wrong so could you land a plane sure i just put an autopilot that's the answer there's no manual situation when you're landing i get hold on during midair of course course. if there's wind if there's something all right it's takeoff taxi takeoff it's all automated you know that right I, right. I mean, I know a lot of uh, is, a lot of it is autopilot, but I think landing and taking off, there's a human element to it. There's a human in case, but it's all autopilot. All right, so a survivable heart attack happens to a pilot midair. Yes. Somebody yells. There's a co-pilot. Let's say both have a simultaneous heart attack. I'm sure the, I'm sure the flight attendants are trained. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just say a flight attendant comes out to the aisles and goes... Is there pilots, a pilot in no, the... <laughs> well, does anybody have any familiarity with landing a plane? Now everybody goes into panic. Is Tiki Barber raising his hand and go, I know it's just a button. I'll go up there and do it. No. Okay. No. So you can't kill Roma Duzier for saying that. No. I think it's a Dunze. A Dunze. Right. I if I Dunze myself. <laughs> Very nice. I just don't like how everyone laughed at the end. After he says everyone's going to die, it's they all right. laugh. It's a hypothetical. It is kind of morbid, but... But it's hypothetical. Yes. why ask that a question like that? Like... Because this, yeah. this was media. This was like a media session. This wasn't what? like a, an interview, even though I know in those interviews they ask some crazy questions as well. I but, think the sad thing that's happened in the Combine, Teak, is it's become a lot like Radio Row yeah. and the Super Bowl in that for every Daniel Jeremiah and Adam Schefter, you have every Tom, Dick, and Harry, is that still a saying, mm-hmm. who has a local draft podcast or a local team podcast that doesn't really have like real media experience. They're like a YouTuber that gets access and goes, and then they think they're going to go viral by asking a dumb question, right. and they make it about themselves. Yes. That's exactly what happened. Okay, so... Even though we're not mentioning any of their names. Yep. Right. It's all good. So Texas Tech DB Tyler Owens says he doesn't believe in space. What? Yeah. Well, what does he think? I don't know. He also believes flat earth theories have some valid points, and then there was... <laughs> An LOL. Oh, that was Dove Kleiman put the LOL. But yeah, he does not believe in. Uh, oh no, he thinks it's flat. In space. Right. And he thinks the Earth is flat. I've seen these Earth flat of these uh, flat Earthers. Why is the why does it look round from outer space? And they say because it's spinning so fast. Because if you spin anything that's flat fast enough, like eventually it looks why like would, it's. Why round. would something being flat even make sense to spin? I, I don't know. Like it, and, don't and by know. the way, I'm open to anybody having any kind of dumb theory. That, no matter how you're entitled how to be you an not idiot. believe in space. I know. How many pictures do We've you need to see? We've been to space. Of course. We just landed a, a vehicle on the moon. Right. You don't believe in space, but the moment you order DirecTV and that satellite pings back down, you got no problem <laughs> yes. understanding how that got yes. in your house. Yes. Exactly. I mean, people are idiots. That's idiotic. People are idiots. They I also feel like this day and age, if you're actually a flat earther, 
you're doing it for more attention than yes, your actual belief. I agree with that. He doesn't believe in space as in other planets and feels flat earth theories have some valid points. So There he, are definitely other planets. There are other planets in our solar system. Now, if he's saying, I don't believe in aliens... Now, no, he didn't bring now he's drafting him. Then, but then I, 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 I can get down with Does that. him saying that he doesn't think they're planets, does that affect his draft stock? No. It just makes him a moron. <laughs> right. So being a moron does not affect the of draft Of course stock. not. Okay. I just said to Sean, P.E. majors coaching P.E. majors. Think of it that way sometimes. Tiki's a valedictorian of his high school doing a show next to me today. He, <laughs> he understands the life of morons. Okay? All right. Let's get back to the calls. Tyler in New Haven. Tyler, you're on the fan. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? What's up, dude? So, uh, not much. So the pigeons that are off-colored, like that don't have the purple breast and everything, are adolescent pigeons. That don't pigeons so, have colored breasts? So that means yeah, they do. It's purple. Like you've seen a pigeon before. I thought they were so all gray. Like purple and green. Yeah, green and or the one gray. They're all gray are the adolescents. So so when they're so they just look like regular pigeons, and they don't look like baby pigeons. Right, I mean... So the majority of pigeons I'm familiar with are kids. Baby pigeons don't leave the nest. And then they're adolescents, and then they're adults. It's just a bird. Yeah. He's frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tyler's frustrated. Right, but you're right, Tyler. So the pigeon is... It's what you said. They don't leave the nest. Right, which is common sense. The worms get dropped to them. But the pigeon, as I respected, is a gray bird. So he's saying that's like the high school version of a pigeon? <laughs> yeah. I don't know the color I don't, I don't of pigeon. Know, I don't know the color either. I lived in the city, but I don't remember. Very odd. And why are pigeons mostly in the cities? Because they're rats with wings. Is that really why? <laughs> Basically. It's just they love the dirt? <laughs> no, they just love that they're scavengers. Huh. But you could scavenge a dumpster in a suburb. No, but it's like cockroaches and rats and yeah. pigeons. It's just New York City's like a, you know, Disneyland. For yeah, those and you live here. They're big birds. I mean, so... I'm not buying that uh, previous caller, though, by the way. About we what? see baby animals all the time. No one's ever seen a baby pigeon. They they hang out in the house. By the way, the have you time. Googled a baby pigeon? No. Well, let's Google a baby pigeon, right? Okay, now. let's Google a baby pigeon. While you do that, I would also challenge Lugie. Outside of animals you're going to adopt, like a puppy or a okay. cat. Okay, sure. Outside of National Geographic TV uh-huh. or the Six Flags Safari. All right, tough guy. Where are you seeing the baby fox of the world? When a you're baby... driving, like, upstate Pennsylvania, you <laughs> oh, see baby yeah. deer, baby fox. And sure. Like... You see all the babies all the time. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Yes, you do. They're protected. They're protected. You see them if you're driving and you look over, you can see them. Have you seen a baby pigeon? I don't think I've seen a baby, any animal. Or, a ba- or, a puppy. or any baby bird, quite frankly, while we're at it. By the way, speaking of that, he mentioned Big Bird. What kind of bird is Big Bird? <laughs> I don't know. Canary? <laughs> canary? Big Bird's a canary? All right. Did you Google baby pigeon? I did. It's a pterodactyl. And, yes. So pigeons mate for life. And this is by Dr. Elizabeth Carlin. Oh. Chris's uh, pigeons. Pig, no. Pigeons have, on average, 13 babies a year. Damn. 13? Yeah. They're, they're like Tyreek Hill. A-Rod. <laughs> yeah. They raise them together. Uh, they feed the chicks with crop milk. It's, it's just built by, I don't know, it's like cottage cheese. Wait, crop milk is how the baby pigeon eats? It, no, 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 no. They they make it. They, uh, the adult pigeons make it. They're not Wait actually cute. Big pigeons have nipples? They No, they just regurgitate it. Oh, okay. They have weird limb links. They're pink when they're born and tiny yellow feathers, so they can't fly. Uh... They nest for a month after they hatch, 
and then they're essentially fully grown when they leave, which is in, I don't know, a, a few months. So they don't leave the nest until they're fully so grown. That's exactly it. By the way, the absolute best part of the segment is we have broken down the combine in the NFL draft <laughs> prospects today like no other show in WFA and has right. today. And now we're talking about baby pigeons. We, we did an hour on the Knicks, and there's some idiot on the BQE right now, or I shouldn't say idiot, somebody somebody go, can we do anything else other than bird talk today on the fan? You know I, com- I compared uh, pigeons to Tommy DeVito, no so there's your sports. Matt in Howard Beach. Matt, what's up? Hey, uh, Sean. What's up, Matt? I can definitely confirm that. Baby pigeons do exist. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. If we want to have a field trip, <laughs> uh, my grandfather and uncle used to raise homing pigeons in Brooklyn. Oh, there, um, there you go. And actually, they, there's a documentary online about them. It's about 15 minutes long. Oh, so, so we need to uh, show Roma Dunje this. And so can you just confirm <laughs> yeah. yes or no on a nipple for the adult pigeon? <laughs> I've never tucked on. I've, I've never looked under the feathers in in that detail, but uh, I don't think you know it's not a mammal, so it probably doesn't have nipples. But um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Would you milk me? You're a mammal, though. Am I? Adults are mammals. I mean, people are mammals. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not. Well, we won't do that. No, people are people. No, no. no. Okay, we are mammals. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm Ryan in Connecticut. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Tiki, I'm a big fan. I'm a giant season ticket holder. I love you. But I got to tell you both, birds aren't real is a joke. They've covered it on 60 Minutes. Yeah. Howard Stern talked about it. It's I know. Total- I, I know. But they're, but here's the thing, Ryan. They're asking these prospects at the NFL Combine about birds being real. So- right. But that guy was. He's in on the joke. Everybody that believes on birds aren't real, they're in on the joke. See, they're I don't saying, believe that. I don't, I don't know. The, I don't the, know. The whole thing about. The whole thing about people, the birds charging, it's, you can go to the website right now. The whole no, thing I'm not denying that, Ryan. I think you're giving the human race too much credit. You're right. I think no, there are some the people who believe it. Who are admits it's a satire. No, 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 like, no. Of course, hey, the, Ryan, we're not disagreeing with you, but we're talking about the players at the combine. I get it. No, I heard, what, I heard what you guys said. I heard the clips you played, and I'm just saying that I really think he's in on the joke. The, the kids at the Combine? I don't think so. Yes, I do. I, uh, I definitely do. I, I think, Ryan, I think you're giving humans too much credit. <laughs> I think you're giving I think he's kids. right. I think it is satire. It starts like it's that. It's definitely but, satire. But, you know, by the way, anything that starts like satire eventually leads to people who really believe it. The first guy who thought the Earth was flat probably thought it was satire. Well, it just raises the questions. Like, that's what made me so excited to share this with Tiki and you guys. I never thought about it like this. Like, I just see pigeons all the time. You feed them, whatever. I never realized, yeah, I've never seen a baby pigeon before. So, yeah, perhaps it's satirical in nature, but it raises questions. And I've never seen a baby pigeon. So, you know what? People are nuts. You're giving people too much credit, even if something believes like that. Peacock. By the way, the pigeon calls have lit up. Chris right. and Ron Cock. Well, this is Chris like a up. big TikTok thing. So, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was going to say, guys, the reason why you don't see them in the city because uh, the animals that are around the city are not like like out here in Long Island. The feral cats would, would rip them apart, you know, and, and the raccoons would rip them apart. You don't see raccoons in, in Manhattan. You know, the pigeons can't fend for themselves, so they stay in the city. This this is this sounds like a conspiracy for people who have nothing to do. There's a lot like of people out there to with do. nothing. I'm to just do. reading this article from this is from four year three years ago now where they had protests outside of the headquarters in San Francisco because they demanded that the Twitter change its logo. Because of the bird? Because the birds aren't real. Peacock. <laughs> People need lives, by the way. <laughs> by the way, if you show up to that kind of protest, I would seriously ask, you know, what do you do for work? <laughs> Honestly.
How do you have time oh, for that? Man. It's people, crazy that people actually like believe it too. That was the, they, they believe it, right? Including this one. Well, they changed it to X. Right. The birds people won. It's no they, longer I, that was you a must. You're kind of right, Julie. Please don't tell us there's ducks involved in this as well. Julie. Hey. Please tell Hi. us there aren't ducks involved in this as well. Yes, there's going to be ducks. I mean, I can't believe you've never seen a baby duckling in the park. They're everywhere. Well, the yeah. ducks are everywhere. You can see them from when they're little tiny babies <laughs> till, you know, they're more mature and they, they fly um, south. Yeah. But, I mean... You've never gone to the park and seen a baby duckling? So that's probably at me because I said you never see baby animals, but she's right. You do see baby ducks. Yes, you do. Julie, guess what? If it walks yeah, like a duck and acts like a duck, it's a duck. All right. And it's a bird, and it's a bird, and I don't have to go to upstate New York. I live in Peekskill, New York, and I see little baby foxes in my backyard. Do you really? Yeah, and they're cute. With their mother. And they're cute until they, try to, until they try to kill your yeah. cat. Yeah, well, I was going to say, until you let your animal out in the backyard and it right. kills it. Right. Thanks, Thank you, Julie. Julie. Thanks for having all your ducks in a row. So why birds aren't real is a, this is, a, this is, this is how this is described. By the way, this was the plan all along when Louie presented this. He goes, Tiki is going to be on that Google machine. In a post-truth world dominated by online conspiracies. Young people have coalesced around the effort to thumb their nose, fight, and poke fun at misinformation. It's Gen Z's attempt to upend the rabbit hole with oh. absurdism. That sounds very dramatic <laughs> and very absurd. And the fact, by the way, that this even has time at the Combine tells you the Combine is also This is Tiki exactly. Barber. Good tie-in, Sean, because I believe that. The combine is nonsense. Yeah. Other than to have conversations with people to make sure they're not crazy. And to make people watch the NFL Network this weekend for no apparent reason. <laughs> Rob right. and Bayonne. Rob, what's up, what's Rob? Up? Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yep, yeah. we got you. All right, so listen. Uh, my dad and I raise pigeons, so what questions do you got for me? I mean, we know that they have babies. <laughs> We're talking about a satirical. No, I I have a question, Rob. Were there no other hobbies yeah. in Bayonne? <laughs> no, not really. But listen, there's a National Pigeon Association, the NPA. Like they have shows yearly. Like there's one in January in Pennsylvania. Oh, what I mean, you, what, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. What do you do at, at a National Pigeon Association event? Like what goes on? It's a. It's basically you watch the the National Dog Show. It's like best in show. Yeah. It's the same, same thing? Same thing. Are you kidding? And there's big money in it. Are they, like, flying around the arena and, like, doing stuff? No, nah, no. Nah. So they're basically in little cages, and there's guys with, like, jackets that go around, and they judge. Oh, so they just show. It's just, they're, like, show pigeons. Exactly. Oh, I got it. So what you're, seeing in the, what you're seeing in the city is basically a mutt of a homing pigeon. Hmm. Right. And they just, because they have so many babies every year. They just multiply. Right. So basically, yeah. So basically, they can't fly until they reach adulthood. Yeah. So they don't leave the nest until they can actually fly. Ah. So I, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are on Twitter or anything like that, but like, I just sent, you know, to, to Lugauer a picture of a baby pigeon. Nice. On, on, on X. Wow. Re, re, so, uh, repurpose that, Lugie, for geez. us. The NPA. Where's that show on Thanksgiving morning? <laughs> the NPA, Westminster. It's all the same. Honestly, it might be. It might be interesting to watch. By the way, you never hear Seriously. that come up in political debates, huh? Whose side's got the NPA? Jeez, the Pigeon Association. <laughs>
Okay. Tiki, one more for the road. Yeah, let's hear Our it. Our last pigeon call of the day, Mike in Dover Plains. Mike, what's up? I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are on Twitter or anything like that. But Mike, lower your radio. Yeah. There you go. What's up, Mike? I, uh, I just wanted to say that uh, baby pig- pigeons are eaten as squab. Um, so, and also, if you really want to know about pigeons, watch that documentary uh, where, where people let them out and raise them on the top of rooftops. It's incredible. Right. Was oh, it, people was it, watch this I know. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. Didn't Mike Tyson? Did he? Ra- didn't he raise pigeons? This is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah, I've I'm, never heard that I'm, either. I'm almost positive Mike Tyson raised pigeons. Or he raised, I think it was pigeons. This right? is, Did you find it? So this is an article from November 8th, 2023, and it says Mike Tyson recently traveled all the way to Poland to acquire 100 pigeons yeah. from a local breeder. <laughs> Imagine Iron Mike strolling <laughs> up, pulling up to forget, Poland. Forget 2023. He was doing this, like, in the 90s. Yes, because there are pictures of, uh, now, yeah, from him in the 90s. Can I ask a really dumb question oh. if they're trained pigeons? And I promise I'm serious. I know how it's going to sound. <laughs> are they capable with stops along the way of flying from Poland to the United States? Or does he have to put them on a plane? No. Like, no. with a scent, can you train them where to fly back to in the United States? Uh, I don't actually know how training pigeons works. What, you throw them in coach? We I don't know. No. Why did we ask that we had the pigeon trainer on. We should have just asked <laughs> I him. don't think they can go that They, they can fly. You know how, like, far. if you got a boat and you, you put it in the bay? No, you can't fly over the Atlantic. You just know you can't. It's just too far. So you think a, bo- a bird born in uh, Italy stays in Italy and never makes its way over to Florida or the Bermuda or anything? Um, I... I they could hibernate, obviously, but I don't think they're hibernating towards the hibernating? United States. What do you mean they're hibernating? Birds well, hibernate. make six. They migrate. They migrate. don't hibernate. Migrate. Migrate. <laughs> migrate. What are you talking about? <laughs> Very odd. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess goodbye, SNY. Baseball Night New York is coming up. It's a great lead-in. Great lead-in. <laughs> Tiki, we're going to say goodbye to you. you got a flight to catch. I do. We'll let you catch that flight. I'm going to Dallas. And me, Lugie, and Rosie will close out this travesty of a show on a Friday <laughs> and this week. And it's that'll Friday. do it. It's Friday. It is Friday. It's Combine Day. It's Combine Friday, it's, no less. It's Combine Uh-oh, Friday. Uh-oh, it's another Tiki Barber rabbit hole. Yes, I was in a rabbit hole. God, in this that- satirical pigeon nonsense.